Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, which has been a horror movie podcast for over 200 episodes. Uh, but I'm your host, Mitch Oliver, and I'm normally joined by my co-hosts, Kyle and Boozy. But today is going to be a little different. Today, you are listening to episode two of the Fantasy Oscars Draft, which is a crossover series between The Terror Table, Cobwebs, and Inside the Sequel. So introducing the this week's hosts... We have Daniel Epler of the Cobwebs Gothic Cinema Podcast. How are you doing, Daniel? Hey, Mitch. I'm doing really good. Love to be back at the table. It's it's a nice table, and I feel very comfortable, so I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, it's nice that we can do it virtually, at least. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, of course, we have Chris Hurtado of Inside the Sequel. What is up, my dude? Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me on here. I'm surprised I got invited for a second time. Um, first time on the tier table, I'll make sure not to put my elbows on it. <laughs> good one good one all right yeah and i'm thinking so if anyone is tuned in to uh if this is new for you and you don't know what's happening and why this is on the terror table feed uh we are in the part two of three of our three-part fantasy oscars draft series uh so the first episode went live on cobwebs i believe it was about two weeks ago um which was on the 1990s and now, this week, we're going to be talking about from 2000 to 2009, and then next, uh, our, the third episode is going to be on Chris's podcast, Inside the Sequel. So, you got to make sure you're subscribed to all three podcasts so you can check it out, and uh, I guess with all that being out of the way, we can just... Uh, Daniel, do you want... You do such a better job of explaining this and how it works, <laughs> so for if for some reason someone's tuning in and they didn't hear the, the Cobwebs episode, can you give people a rundown on how we... How we're working this? Yeah, definitely. Uh, and even if you did hear the Cobwebs episode, it's probably be a good reminder just to understand the game and what we're doing. Uh, so, so yeah, it's kind of a game that I made up. And essentially, uh, we're going to go through the entire decade of the 2000s from uh, 2000 to 2009. That's what we're going to handle on this episode uh, here. And for each year, each of us is going to nominate two movies for Best Picture. That's essentially what we're doing is we're trying to pick a Best Picture for every single year. Uh, so we'll all nominate two movies, and at that point, we've got six nominees, six movies in contention. Uh, and then we're all going to go around, and every one of us is going to eliminate any movie of our choice. Uh, so you can eliminate a movie because you don't like it. You can eliminate it just because you haven't seen it. I mean, that that does happen, obviously. And uh, Or you can eliminate a movie just because you're worried it's going to beat your pick, so you just want to get it out so that your pick can ride through the to the uh, finish line. Uh, yeah. So at that point, we've got three movies left. Uh, for the last one, I'm going to do like a random number generator. It's essentially just like I'm going to roll a dice um, and it'll choose one of us to get to eliminate one more movie. So that person gets to take a movie out. And then once we have only two movies left, we're going to have a vote. And what we do a vote just through like a group chat and then it'll be announced which movie wins best picture. So, yeah, that's uh, that's how the game's going to work, at least. And uh, yeah, the first episode was a complete blast. It was around the three hour mark. So it's a good beefy episode if you need something to keep you company while you're at work or on your commute or uh, in the bathtub. Uh, if you're boozy, I know he listens to podcasts in the bathtub. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I, one thing I want to get out of the way before we start going here is Courtney was giving me shit for having like 18 honorable mentions last episode. Uh, so should we do like, like if we're going to name off a bunch, we just got to fire them off. Or do you guys want to set an honorable mentions, like have like three each or something like that? Or what do you want? How do you want to work this? I've been thinking about this and I, I three each was also what I thought of. And I thought it was a good idea, but then I was like, there are certain years where that's going to pain me. Just, just yeah. not mentioning other ones. What do you think, Chris? 
Uh, I was going to say speed round it through. And then if like they're like, you know, we all know a lot about these movies. So it's like if we all had this on our list, we just speed run through it. We don't have to talk about it because we all love it. But then if there's ones we haven't seen, we can just quickly like give a quick excerpt of why you had it on there. Yeah, I, I'm down for that. So let's just we'll we'll speed around it. But basically, the formula should be proven by episode three on the Inside the Sequel podcast. <laughs> uh, so this, but I I don't know, man. I last episode was pretty messy because we all had fun, we were all drinking, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing it again. So let's let's get this thing rolling here. Yeah, uh, sounds so, good. I'm curious to find out how many Dragon Ball Z movies and Pokemon movies Chris can nominate. <laughs> exactly. And, and I'm I'm curious to see how many times we can eliminate all of Chris's picks. <laughs> you know, I'm still bitter at some of those where they just get instantly in, like eliminated. I'm like, no class, no class yeah. here for the genres. <laughs> well, I got to I got to tell you guys that <clears throat> in preparing for this, like uh, I, I may or may not talk about this film again. But I, I know we were talking before air before we started airing here. That we've all been doing our research, watching movies that we haven't seen or re-watching ones that we strongly want to consider for this. Uh, but I popped in my Lord of War Blu-ray the other day. <sighs> and uh, yeah, it, just to give it a fresh look. And it was hilarious because so that movie came out in 2005 and um, they, they were still giving introductions on how to work a Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> in the Lord of War. So it's like this woman comes on and she's explaining to you, like, you can go to the menu for this or you can. And I'm like, what world are we living in? Like, it's so wild. And now we're we're seeing Blu-rays basically go extinct, which is, I know, killing everyone in this uh, this podcast chat, judging by the by by your guys' screens. A lot of collectors <laughs> in this podcast. Yeah, but, you know, the the collecting community sort of is going strong and like boutique labels are going strong but sure. yeah my uh just in the past year like my local walmart's blu-ray collection has cut down in half at least yes yeah, same you have like in my experience you have to order online now to get some to get the blu-rays that you really want mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is fine with me in this uh the current climate we don't need to go anywhere we can just have them de- have the movies delivered to us so that's nice uh but i guess yeah let's uh let's get rolling here so Let's start off with the year 2000. Okay, so 2000, uh, Ridley Scott actually took home the Best Picture Trophy in real life for Gladiator. Uh, But I don't know. Let's see if Gladiator wins uh, or even gets mentioned again. I'm not sure. Uh, Chris Hurtado, why don't we start off with you? What do you want to nominate first? You know, as someone who's avid avidly against dad films gladiator is a dad film i champion so i have to put gladiator in the contention gladiator is a great movie yeah I, like i'm i'm with you man i think that movie takes a lot of heat but that was like the first time i i had experienced a villain in theaters that terrified me yeah like i saw that movie when i was like nine years i guess i would have been 10 years old parents had just gotten a divorce and you know and saw gladiator all right uh who's next uh mitch why don't you go next <laughs> okay uh, so 2000, debatably one of the greatest years in film in general, uh, in my opinion. There's so many great movies that came out this year. Uh, but it's funny that we're starting off with a I'm going to my first pick is going to be one of my all time favorite movies. And it is Almost Famous. Dang. Yeah, I have uh, actually a couple of years or I would have been like six or seven years ago. Like that movie actually changed my life. It was one of those movies that actually altered the direction my life was going. I saw it in the drive in theater with my dad. And it was amazing. Uh, it both got me into music and f- got me more into film and particularly writing. Uh, but I actually own a I own a Cameron Crowe signed one sheet of Almost Famous that I chose 
over. I'm gonna I wrote this down to tell you guys, but the options you could have gotten an Edgar Wright one sheet, a Christopher Nolan one sheet, John Carpenter, and Quentin Tarantino. And I went with Cameron Crowe. <laughs> I, uh, I bet you felt much... really good about that after you saw Aloha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So uh, yeah, that's the funny thing though, is like I, I may not be a huge fan of all of his movies, but uh that movie has a profound impact on me and it does tell this day. So almost famous is my pick. You know no, it's crazy? a it's a really good movie. It's one of those movies that like I, I feel like nobody dislikes Almost Famous. You either really like it or it's like one of your favorite movies of all time. It's like a part of your heart. I, I'm in the camp that like I really like it. It's not connected to me deeply personally like it has for a lot of other people. But it's a really good movie. It's definitely one of Cameron Crowe's best for sure. It's one of those Hell movies yeah. I always got mixed up with American Beauty because that was 99 and then this one was 2000. I used to always get it mixed up on which one was it the early one that won the Oscar. <laughs> Well, that's better than uh, a lot of times when, like, back in the day when I'd be having, uh, back in the day when I'd be having conversations with, uh, with friends who I was telling them about my favorite movie, I would say Almost Famous, and they'd be like, is that the one where Mark Wahlberg's a rock star? I'm like, no, that's called Rock Star, <laughs> rock star. with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Daniel, what you got, Big D? Sorry, uh, I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking that, that's great. Uh, I'm going to nominate my favorite movie from this particular director. He was a super hot director during this time, had a big falling off a little bit later, but has only recently started to have a comeback up, which makes me happy. But my favorite movie from M. Night Shyamalan is Unbreakable, which is a Ooh, yeah. fascinatingly ahead of its time movie uh, with a really interesting and different take on the superhero genre before anyone gave a shit about the superhero genre. So this movie was not successful in its time. But um, it's really found a life now, and, and I think it's pretty amazing. Damn, that was my second pick. <laughs> I, I thought I, I, I kind of thought one. that was going to be your first pick. I thought we were going to yep. cross over on that. Yeah. That's a recent watch. I watched that within the last two years for the first time, and it was stunning. It was yeah. so good. Oh, I'm Such glad it a worked great for movie. Me. Yeah. Oh, uh, so it's me, me again, and I kind of want to name one that I personally like, but I kind of want to name one that I'm afraid won't get – well, it should get mentioned, but – yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go with it. Uh, Crouchy Tiger, Hidden Dragon is my second pick. That's my second pick. Fuck. Amazing <laughs> wow. movie. No, it's all good. It's all yeah, good, man. No. It's an amazing movie. I think growing up, we all kind of like martial arts movies and just like the idea of like feudal times. And I don't know, when I watched uh, Crouchy Tiger, Hidden Dragon, just the name alone was the was like reason enough to watch it for like for me. And I didn't care for it too much at first because um, there were some subtitles and I just didn't want to read. And when I went back and watched it in community college again, I was blown away. Like just like the effects alone, the stunt work, just, I mean, that's a movie I feel like that doesn't need much more explanation than that. Just a fantastic foreign film. Yeah. It's so epic. It's beautiful, exciting, romantic, violent. It's just kind of everything you want out of an adventure martial arts movie. And boy, I love it so much. It's, It's definitely in my top two for this year, hands down. I haven't seen it since it came out. And Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> oh, was, oh what's I was going to say, oh, yeah. Michelle Yeoh's phenomenal in the movie, and she was in uh, Jackie Chan's Super Cop 3. Hell yeah. As well. Yeah, I, that was the, like, if we had one more day to do this, that was the next on my list to revisit, and uh, just so happened to not work out that way. But I haven't seen it in a long time. No, it's a great movie, though. Awesome. Uh, so is it my turn again? It's your turn, man. God damn, I got to go to the backups. I was trying to decide if we're going to if I'm going to do this strategically and try and win the whole thing or if I'm <laughs> going to be true to myself and, you know, represent some movies that I know might not end up winning 
Um, and that's you know, what I'm going to no do. There's no prize. There's no prize for nope. winning. <laughs> yeah, except for pride. And uh, I'm a very and clout. Online clout as well, which I oh, think yeah. I got a clout, lot of clout, last, clout, last clout means a lot these days. I'm going to go with American Psycho. Oh, right on. Oh, that came out yeah. 2000. Oh. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a big fan of American Psycho. I think it's like one of the best serial killer movies it's, it's cerebral it's it's a, the, an amazing performance from christian bale everyone in that movie is amazing uh but that's a movie that you know kind of dug its nails into me in my earlier years and i revisit it frequently so uh, i'm going with american psycho yeah that's a very i i can just tell that's a very mitch oliver movie so that makes sense i mean you really like serial killer stuff for sure i thought you were going the incel route the no <laughs> is that an incel movie yeah, it's well, a he's a female get... director, so I'll say that. All right, so my next pick, I'm gonna have to go into my backups, and I, I kind of had the same um, same struggle as Mitch, where like there are more respectable movies, more popular movies I could mention. I'm gonna go with a personal pick. This is one that will probably get eliminated first, but that's okay. Uh, it's a it's a little romance movie that I love a lot called Return to Me. It's oh, directed yeah. by uh, by comedic actress Bonnie Hunt. And it's starring Minnie Driver and David Duchovny from the X-Files. And it's just this, it's just an incredibly sweet, nice romance movie about good people. It's got like a great jazz score throughout. It has a really great like Italian vibe because Minnie Driver's like her dad and his friends are always hanging out. And they're always like blasting Sinatra music and yelling at each other in Italian. And there's just kind of an atmosphere that I find uh, very enjoyable. Um, so, yeah, Return to Me is my nomination. It's just a really, really nice movie that I, I've seen many times. That's one of the few Duchovny movies I haven't seen that's been on my list for a while. I know you I know. championed it, Daniel, when you saw it. So Every time you gush about David Duchovny, I'm always pushing it in your face like, dude, watch this movie. Watch he this has movie. only a DVD, <laughs> I think, too. It doesn't even have Blu-ray. Yeah, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's okay. I know. Don't be a snob. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So are we in the elimination game now? We are. So it's Chris's turn to knock a movie out of consideration. Oh, shit. Uh, well, I'm going to have to go with American Psycho, unfortunately. Um, it's a movie I own on 4K because I got it for like five bucks. But it's like I've never felt, even I haven't seen it yet, I still don't feel the need to put it in yet. You haven't seen it? Oh, okay. No, well, I've seen, I, I've seen, here's, it's one of those movies where I watch a lot of clips from the movie where I feel like I've seen it. It's one of those yeah. movies for me. Yeah, for sure. Sense. And I'm well, like, if, one of these days. Yeah, no, definitely get around to it. And it, it's a movie that I totally like. It's not for everybody. And I, I fully wholeheartedly understand that. But it's a movie that I just, uh, yeah, I just love Christian Bale's performance in it so much. And Jared Leto, everyone in that movie is so great. It's got so many iconic scenes. So you're going to enjoy watching that 4K, though. Oh, yeah. It's weird. I haven't seen the movie yet, but like I love Huey Lewis in the news because of Hell that. yeah. <laughs> it was also it was my actually. OK, so my very first Blu-ray that I ever bought was Mr. Deeds. Nice. <laughs> and, dude. I, I, and as much as I do love that movie, I think it's charming. I think it's so much fun. Um, I've I've seen that movie so many times. I couldn't have Mr. Deeds be my very first blu-ray so i was like fuck it i'm buying another one and i was like how can i even this out and i got american psycho <laughs> hell yeah my first blu-ray was die hard oh do you guys mine choice. was uh <laughs> mine was a kurt cobain documentary blu-ray bought at best buy what one <laughs> was, was it it was called uh about a son oh, okay yeah yeah i have that one on dvd yeah i thought strange. i was such a nirvana i was such a nirvana head in like have you school. watched montage of heck I have not. Oh, man. Watch Montage of Heck. It's a great Cobain documentary. 
But uh, all right, yeah, let's uh, let's roll on here. So you got right. rid of American Psycho. Out of contention. So Mitch Oliver gets to take a movie out next. I'm sorry, but it has to be returned to me. And I think I know, I, it's all good. you knew that. Yeah. So I, I haven't seen that one. So I need to I need to put that on my list and make sure I catch up with it. Talk about I really sex have on no screen, idea though. if you'll like it at all. Like, I don't know. So I'm not pushing you towards it, but if that's you feel ki- like it. That's kind of how I am with you, though, Daniel. It's like I think about it, I'm like, there's so many movies. That I'm like, oh, Daniel would really like this. And I see you watch it and you're like, not really into it. But then there's like, that's why I love your criticism. Yeah, I really have no idea when where you're coming from or when what you're going to connect with and not connect with. But are you talking about Psycho Goreman? No, no, I'm not actually. But I I guess I did see you say see you log that one. I didn't yeah. love that movie to a point where I'm going to blow it or anything, but <laughs> it just kind of <laughs> seems like a movie I would be into, but I wasn't. Yeah. Really. yeah. So I get to eliminate a movie next. Uh, you know, pretty easy choice. Uh, it is Ridley Scott's Gladiator, which is was one of my first R-rated movies, honestly, because my dad yeah. is a huge fan of that movie. And because it's just rated R for violence, he let me watch it at a pretty young age. And I loved it back in the day. And I wouldn't say I have anything against it now. It's just not a movie that, like, I've kept a love for throughout my life. So, like, at one point, Gladiator was, like, the most badass thing ever. But now I'm just like, yeah, you know, Gladiator's pretty cool. Russell Crowe fights some guys. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix wants to fuck his sister. And it's, yeah. it's a pretty cool movie. But it's not yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those movies though where you can actually just watch the first twenty minutes and just get fully fucking torqued because it's just <laughs> so it's so epic. Like my dad used to sell home theater systems, and uh, he would use the first twenty minutes of Gladiator to sell people on big screen TVs because it was just so epic. And you know, everyone knows Ridley Scott can make a beautiful movie. Yeah, it's weird. Daniel's such a dad movie fan, and like he's gonna take out the dad movie. Yeah, I mean, it's probably because Ridley Scott, a little sus with his love for Ridley Scott. Yeah, but we've got a better dad movie on here because uh, Bruce Willis pumps like three hundred pounds right in front of his sister, uh, right in oh. front of his son. Sorry, and that is just <laughs> dad movie. <laughs> That's I'm true. gonna be. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you there. Is it weird, though, with Gladiator? It's that quintessential movie that sons bond with their dad, like, when they watch it. Oh. I don't know what it is about dad, and but Goodfellas. they yeah. Yep, and Goodfellas. Dude, yeah, every, like... every like, uh, pro athlete, like, it's actually weird to say that, I actually. I know some pro athletes here in the city. Like, I grew up with guys who are playing in the NHL now. Every single one of them was obsessed with Gladiator and Unbreakable. <laughs> I saw I saw the uh, I saw Unbreakable for the first time at the goaltender of Minnesota Wilds uh, Minnesota Wilds goaltender Darcy Kemper. I saw it at his house at his Ooh. birthday. Ooh, Ooh, right on. That a Black yeah. Hawk, he stole my Age of Empires too, though, and I'm still expecting that back. You <gasps> fuck, piece of shit. You play Age of Empires? Too? Oh man, I fucked with Age of Empires too hard. Oh, dude, <laughs> Seth and I would be creaming right now. Oh man. <laughs> So I have a, I really think I know what is going to win this entire thing. I would put money on it, but I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm going to do the random generator, figure out who's going to eliminate one more movie. And it is Chris Hurtado. So you get to eliminate almost famous, unbreakable or crouching tiger, hidden drag. Oh, fuck. (laughs) It's going to have to be almost famous. It's a movie I haven't seen. Unfortunately, I haven't Uh, seen it. Treat Um, yourself, King. uh, I I don't know. Just one of those movies like. That's I think it's because movie. I always got it confused with American Beauty. I've always thought maybe it's similar. Oh, don't do that. Don't do well, that. Well, fix that. That's not the, the movie's fault. Yeah. No, I don't believe in the movie, but like, I think that's why it's taken me so long to get to it. Chris, I'll sell you this way. It has a fantastic Philip Seymour Hoffman performance. Oh, my God. Oh, one, my, that at least. one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. That That's the movie that, like, I'm obsessed with Philip Seymour Hoffman, and that was the movie that really got him on, got me on him. His performance as Lester Bangs is, like, 
his quotes in that movie changed. It was his, it was his voice that changed my life watching that movie. Oh, wow. Uh, there's a, a, a monologue with him that's just amazing. Can you quote the line that's about cool people? Because I love that line. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, see, that's the thing. Or no. What, oh, yeah. Of course you're at home. You're on cool. Uh, God, I, I can't quote it off the top of my head. But I, I know. Like, I watched okay. it. I, I'd quote it for you. But. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> I know exactly which scene you're talking about. Now I feel like an idiot for not being able to do it. But yeah. Great. Nobody memorizes all of their favorite movies except for Chris. He's the only oh, one. Oh, wait. The only true, the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what we share with someone else when we're uncool. That's it. That's such Un- a great line. Unbelievable line. Yeah, such a great movie. All right, cool. you guys want to vote between Unbreakable and Crouchy Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Yes, sir. Let me open up the messenger app. Sorry. I've studied the form of comics intimately. I spent a third of my life in a hospital bed with nothing else to do but read. I believe comics are our last link to an ancient way of passing on history. The Egyptians drew on walls. Countries all over the world still pass on knowledge through pictorial forms. I believe comics are a form of history that someone somewhere felt or experienced. All right, two votes for Unbreakable. Chris is the only descending vote for Crouchy Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And if I had bet money, I would have won money because Unbreakable is the winner. Yeah, I honestly thought that, like, the moment I put that as my second pick, I was like, Unbreakable's going to win this year. <laughs> well, I feel like like Chris is really the wild card, and once Chris yeah. said that he loved this movie, I was like, oh, it's going to win. But he didn't end yeah. up voting for it, so there you go. Got to vote yeah. for my own B, but I do like Crouch Tiger just a little bit more, but that being said, Unbreakable's one of the best superhero movies ever. Yeah, and I would it's, it's so hard for me to choose my favorite Shyamalan movie, but I know in my heart that that is the best one. But there are others that I have, like, deep that deep love for. Do <laughs> you have love those Superman. first three, or do you have, like, big deep love for after first three? Yeah, no, it's it's after first three for sure. I got okay. deep love, mad love for after first three. <laughs> You'll okay. see. Right on, right on. Oh, okay, that's exciting. Also, the ending to Unbreakable... Um, when I first watched it, because I hadn't seen Split at that time, I was like, yeah, this movie's awesome. Because that ending for its time was pretty sweet. Oh, Just I was in the theater, and I experienced that ending of Split fresh with no idea that Man, was going to happen. I don't know if if you uh, were listening that far back, Daniel, but we did a we did a retrospective on M. Night Shyamalan's movies. And while that we was, were talking about... Yeah. While we were talking about it, like we, what we did was we talked about every single Shyamalan movie before we went and saw Unbreakable. And then we went and saw it and then came back and recorded, or sorry, split. Um, but it was a first time watch for both Boozy and Diego for Unbreakable. And Diego was talking about how he's like, oh man, I would love to see a sequel to this. I'm like, it's never going to happen. Shyamalan is not a sequel guy. You would never get a sequel to this movie 20 years later. Flash to three hours later, we're standing on our chairs in the theater being like, Holy shit. It's awesome. <laughs> it's great because like in the internet age, it's so weird that huge secrets actually get kept until opening night. Like that's oh, man, amazing yeah. when it finally happens, yeah. you know? It's just awesome. Yeah, and I don't know how you got I don't know how you guys feel about Split, but I fucking love that movie too. Yeah. I really like Split. I don't love it like you do, but it's it's good. I like it. Yeah. I I'm a, a huge fan of M Night, I'm not gonna lie. Like big fan of his. Well, I knew that ever since you were sending me uh last airbender. Uh, posters you were texting me like but they were those nude ones so it was oh weird. whoops like Sorry. last yeah aren't the stars of last airbender children yeah that's why it made it extra troublesome when i <laughs> you was know getting chris the, has chris said Otto. before to me that he wants to run for public office so you're gonna have to cut that out <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know if that like if yeah, never mind. We won't make jokes about that. Uh anyway, 2001. <laughs> you know, I just want to say real quick, going into this, I was really curious how much superhero representation was going to be on our nominees because this is the decade where superheroes become really big and already we we technically do have a superhero movie winning the first year. So that's interesting. Yep, true that. All right, boys, 2001. So 2001, Russell Crowe gets his second best picture in a row. He uh, wins for his starring role in uh, A Beautiful Mind. But for me, the top two movies of 2001 are extremely obvious, and they stand above everything else. So I'm curious how you guys feel, though. So, Mitch, why don't you uh, kick us off? Damn, well, I I don't know if I'm going to be naming either of those movies that you're talking about. This is a little bit of a... Yeah, okay. It's a little bit of a hot take year for me. Um, but my first pick is Frailty, the Bill Paxton film Frailty. Uh, I just, it's one of those movies that this, I saw when I was 11 years old, terrified me. I was still very religious when I saw it, but it's a, it's a great, great mystery thriller coming of age film. That's just, uh, it's, uh, I think it still has yet to get its proper due. And especially with, uh, you know, starring Bill Paxton, but also directed by him. I think he did a hell of a job. Rest in peace. And uh, yeah, it's just it's a great movie. So Frailty is my first pick. It is a great movie. And I, I always miss Bill Paxton. Yeah. Still wish he was with us. Chris, have yeah. you seen Frailty? I have not. That's why I was like making weird faces. I was like, what is this movie? It's wild, man. You got to watch it. It's yeah, this great. dad I... tells his sons that uh, an angel of God appeared to him and said that he needs to kill somebody, right? Isn't that it? Yeah, well, he he's saying that God has sent him a list of demons that are on earth that he needs to kill. So he starts taking his two like his two sons out with him to try and kidnap people who he thinks and you don't it's one of those movies that's pretty ambiguous for the most part about whether he's crazy or if he's actually getting a letter from God to do these things. Holy uh, so shit. It, it's it's phenomenal. It's such a great movie. And every time I go back to it, I just love it a little bit more. I kind of get off like movies that like involve religion of that sorts in like in a manipulative kind of horrific way. I don't know. Growing Catholic, say, that just really rubbed me the right way. Okay. Uh, yeah. I thought, so you did say you get off on it? <laughs> like it's it, it, it just like it works. It's a formula that works for me sexually oh, and spiritually. Yeah, exactly. Same with me though. Like I, I'm not a religious person at all anymore, but it's, I love religious horror films. I love like, even like uh film set around religion just really interests me. See, this is the part where Mitch is pitching this film for me. So when it comes to eliminations, since I haven't seen it. Well, we gave you Daniel's the one who gave you the synopsis, which uh, <laughs> should sell you on watching it alone. And if anyone's <laughs> listening, if you haven't seen Frailty, you got to go out and check that one out. So much like Unbreakable being my favorite movie from that director, next I'm going to nominate my favorite movie from another director who is a director that kind of gets a lot of shit for being too hipster. But I love this director. I've seen all his movies. I really like his stuff. But my favorite movie from Wes Anderson is The Royal Tenenbaums, uh, which I always call, um, you know, it's funny. We uh, when we talked about Fight Club on our last episode and I said I didn't really connect to it. Chris said, uh, sorry, Mitch said, well, I hope you never go through a horrible depression. (laughs) I don't I don't have depression. I don't want to put off that. But, you know, I do have depressing days. And Royal Tenenbaums, I always say, is my favorite movie to watch when I'm depressed. It's, It's a movie that really connects with me. I love the characters. I love the actors. I love the vibe and the soundtrack. Everything about it makes me happy. I love that movie. Even you just saying it makes me want to like go and watch it tonight. Like I love yeah. that movie. So hell yeah, Daniel or Chris, have you seen Royal Tenenbaums? 
I have, yeah. yeah. I've seen quite a few Wes Anderson movies, and that was one of the late watches for me, actually. Nice. Cool. Well, it's, it's your pick, Buddy. Also, we did go through our honorable mentions for 2000. Right, we did. Oh, shoot, we did it. Let's, let's circle back. <laughs> <laughs> let's quickly well, just, Chris, let's, let's, let's speed yeah, around this one. Because, oh, man, that's such a shame because 2000 is an epic year for yeah. movies. I have some heaters, I'm not going to lie. All right, Chris, you lead us, uh, you yeah, lead gonna, us off then. I'm, yeah, I'm going to speed round it. Okay, so I'm going to go with uh, X-Men, uh, the original, Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker, Pokemon 3, Rugrats in Paris, Dinosaur, Ginger Snaps, and Titan A.E. I knew, I fucking knew you were going to be the one to bring up Titan A.E. <laughs> <laughs> Matt David and Titan A.E. is blessed. We don't appreciate that enough. The soundtrack, Creed, Higher. The animation had, is dude, freaky. I, it was. I had the I had the novelization of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. All right, yeah, good good picks. Uh, you want me to fire them off? Then I can pass it to you, Go Daniel. Go for it, man. So uh, one of my favorite filmmakers of all time, Darren Aronofsky, he released Requiem for a Dream this year. I know I, I didn't put it on because I knew that you guys weren't going to vote for that movie like <laughs> that's that. That's a tough one, man. Oh, yeah. And it's, it, but that's what's funny is that that's a movie that so many people talk to me about how they can only watch it once. I'm like, fuck, I can't count how many times I've fallen asleep to Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> I've never like, seen Record for a Dream. I admit. Oh, That's dude, you, yeah, you got to. It's it's a great, great movie. But okay, so speed around. Traffic. Uh, okay, gotta not gotta slow it down for these next two. Miss Congeniality and Bring It On are both two awesome comedies. Bring It On so, is on my honorable mentions. Absolutely, I just recently watched it. Bring It On is still such a great movie. I saw both Bring It On and Miss Congeniality in the theater with a with a couple of my buddies when we were like. We would have been, what, 10 years old. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, great movies. Um, one of my favorite actors of all time, starring in Gone in 60 Seconds. I loved Gone in 60 Seconds growing up. My uh, uh, Meet the Parents and High Fidelity. I Meet the Parents takes so much heat. It's such a good movie. It's fun. De great. I love him in yeah. that. Oh, uh, so the only movie I had you guys hadn't already mentioned is Christopher Nolan's Memento, which I am a big yeah. fan of. Oh, yeah. I haven't actually I also, seen that. Like most Nolan movies. It's really good. It's one of my favorites from him. Yeah, uh, I could agree with that. Hell yeah. All right. We'll no love back for Rugrats to... in Paris, though, eh? <laughs> the, the orange <laughs> cassette tape on that. Yeah, I saw that one. I definitely saw it. I was a huge Rugrats fan. But, um, you know, 20 years has passed. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a heater, dude. Go back and watch. It's still a heater. So back to 2001? Let's oh. recap. I chose Frailty. What did you guys choose? I chose Royal Tenenbaums, and now we're to Chris's first nomination. My first nomination is the Terry's wig off A Ghost World. Oh, that, um, remind me what that is. I'm it's a sure. graphic novel adaptation film about two girls starring, uh, it has Scarlett Johansson as one of the friends. It also has Steve Buscemi, and uh, it's about two girls who graduate high school, and they don't know what to do with their lives after high school. It's a kind of coming-of-age Kind of has to deal with a lot of teenage angst and anxiety for its time. Really great movie. Yeah. It's also that other girl you're talking about is Thora Birch, who Thora is Birch. in that. Yeah, she's Danny in Hocus Pocus, the yes. little girl in Hocus Pocus. Uh, oh, but also, and she's in the Hills Have Eyes remake, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And uh, we have Brad Renfro is also in that. Rest in peace, Brad Renfro. I was a huge Brad Renfro fan when I was a kid. So do you guys know who that is? Like He was in Tom and Huck, uh, The Client. 
The Cure. Oh my God. Tom and <laughs> yeah, Hawk he, with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, right? Yes, he was yeah. the other one. Yeah. Um, he was also in uh, Sleepers, Apt Pupil. Apt Pupil is one of my favorite movies with him in it. I just uh, have trouble loving that movie, knowing that it was directed by Brian Singer, but it's a great movie. Uh, but yeah. Well, it's a really good pitch black comedy movie. If you like yeah. kind of like coming of age with like a dark comic part to it, definitely Ghost World. Hell yeah. Cool. Uh, back to me. Back to you, man. One of my most watched movies of all time. Super weird. Training Day. Anton Fuqua's training training day. I fucking love that movie. I watched it three times this week. I know I did that <laughs> as well with Popstar. Uh, but Training Day is one of the. Did you have that, Daniel? No, that was the next movie I was going to watch for research, but I ran out of time. But that have I've never not, seen it. I oh, really wanted to watch it to prepare for this, and I didn't get yeah. to it. It's so great, and I I love the movie so much. But uh, yeah, Ethan Hawke, Denzel Washington. I think this is maybe the best performance that you'll ever see from Denzel Washington, and that's saying a lot because that dude is has an incredible body of work under him. Um, but I really love Training Day. Ethan Hawke's great in it. So my second pick uh, is very clearly the second best movie of this year, except Training Day, which I've sadly never seen. Still makes me upset. Uh, but is David Lynch's Mulholland Drive. Which is maybe my favorite David Lynch movie. I'm not totally sure, but it is such, I mean, like, no, I don't completely understand it, but it is such a hypnotizing vibe and I love every second of it. It's so interesting. It's so weird. It's so creepy. I love Mulholland Drive. Huge fan of it. Hell yeah. Have you seen all Twin Peaks yet? No, I'm I'm not a big TV show guy and I have a hard time watching long range TV shows. So that's a, and that's an aspect of David Lynch I've not dived into. Yeah. Well, the, eventually the day will come where you'll be diving down the Twin Peaks rabbit hole and you're going to enjoy it. You're probably Mulholland Drive, great, great pick. I hear it's uh, a horror movie. Is that true? No, but it's creepy. But it has definitely it has scary moments, but I wouldn't call it a horror movie. Ah, okay. I always get confused if it actually is or not. Yeah, I'm easily scared. Um, my last one, I, it's weird. I, I have some heaters, but like I, I, like I said, this decade is like such a personal decade for me. Um, but I have to, t- I have to give Alfonso Cuarón's love for Yitu Mama Tambien. It's a Spanish foreign film from Mexico with Diego Luna, um, Gael Bale Garcia, and Verdu is the female's name. I can't remember her first name, but it's another coming of age Spanish film about two boys um, who may or may not have some sort of connection with each other, and, and they go on a road trip where they try to seduce an older woman. Damn. I have always been meaning to see this movie. This is another one I really wanted to watch but did not get to. I've, I've heard it's amazing, Chris. So yeah. Good choice. Yeah, especially since uh, this is the decade where we really get to see Alfonso Cuaron really kind of start representing shit. So I, I still have never seen it, but I, it's on my list. Yeah, this is his second film when uh, when he became a director. It's just so, it's it, it's very it's very. Um, I mean, there's no filter in this movie at all, but it's very beautifully made and there's a lot of parts that don't always hit, but it's like the parts that hit are ahead of its time and um, the ending will always leave you kind of like a reality bites kind of scene. I just kind of like, yeah, that's so true. I can see that. But yeah, you guys should check it out. It's very great. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely should. I feel bad. I've only seen half of these movies that we've got nominated, so I'm going to have to eliminate some movies just because I've never seen them. But let's see. I think we're to Mitch going first. So Mitch gets to take out a movie first and foremost. All right. Sorry to pull a Chris Hurtado here, bro. What do we, what do we got? 
<laughs> We've got Frailty, The Royal Tenenbaums, A Ghost World, Training Day, Muholland Drive, and Itu Mama Tambien. Itu Mama Tambien is going to have to go first just because I haven't seen it. But uh, for that reason, that reason only. There's male ejaculation in it, if that's... Oh, yeah, that's actually... Uh, I'm really into that, so that works. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've always enjoyed male ejaculation. Yeah. You know, it's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Off of my list. <laughs> and I am going to eliminate... I feel bad immediately just wiping out Chris Hurtado's picks, but I've never seen a ghost world, and I'm less interested in watching a ghost world than I am interested in watching Training Day, so I'm going to take that one out. Thanks. It Rest is in a... peace, Chris. Yeah, it's, it's all good. So, Chris, you get to take one out next. Um, <laughs> he said I got to pull like Chris Hurtado. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you should have written it down. But I'm like, I didn't write any of these down, too. Frailty, um, Training Day, or Mulholland Drive. I believe that's all we have. Or well, there's one more we have left. Uh, we don't need to worry about that one. The Royal Tenenbaums. Um, I got to I got to give it to Training Day. Um, it's a movie I've known a lot about. And when I was going through in high school, like movies that were nominated or won best pictures. And I was going through that a lot. Tra Training day was one. I didn't really care to watch. I don't know, but I've seen scenes of it on YouTube and they seem really sweet. So, but I don't <laughs> great, know. Great movie. Frailty, Frailty sounds a little bit more interesting in my opinion, at least for my taste. So I got to get yeah. rid of training day. One thing I do know about Anton Fuqua is his uh, Magnificent Seven remake is super underrated. That movie fucks. Yeah, I still haven't seen it, but I, I've heard that as well. He's done a ton of great movies. As a person who loves old westerns, it's better than the original. I really? Think. Wow. I think so. Yeah, and also Training Day was written by David Ayer of uh, Suicide oh. Squad. <laughs> no, he's done. David Ayer has done so many amazing things uh, before Suicide Squad, like End of Watch, Fury, and uh, yeah, he's written tons of great scripts, uh, Training Day being easily his best. Yeah, I really think not every director, like even if you're a great director, not every director is meant to work in that whole studio superhero scene. Like it's a very different environment. I don't think David Ayer is, is vibes with that. Not at all, because I'm pretty sure he did Bright as well. And, uh, oh, did that, he? Shoot. I think I think, I think you're right. right. I know Max Landis wrote that, but I think he did. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know. I know. Well, it's yeah. gone. So. <laughs> <laughs> Rest, yeah, so, he did direct it. Rest in peace. So next up, uh, we get an one more elimination from I'm going to pick the person. It is me. So I get to eliminate one more movie. You know what? Uh, we've got two of my picks and one of Mitch's picks. I'm going to take Mitch's frailty out Fuck. and leave the top two films of this year, which are Royal Tenenbaums and Mulholland Drive. You know, I was kind of hoping frailty would pull out. I'm not going to lie. I was really kind of hoping for that. It spoke to me, and I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Royal had lived in the Lindbergh Palace Hotel for 22 years. Can you pay her in cash? He was a prominent litigator until the mid-80s when he was disbarred and briefly imprisoned. No one in his family had spoken to him in three years. All right, it cool. It's a unanimous vote for Royal Tenenbaums. I'm so happy because this is my favorite movie of the year. Hell yeah. You know, it's not my favorite Wes Anderson, but it's good enough to win. What is your favorite Wes Anderson? You know, ah, I'm trying to think real quick because I always forget about, oh, Moon, Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. Another one with uh, kid scenes. Weird. Snoop Dogg. 
<laughs> I relate because I'm closer in age, I think, but it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, no, Moonrise Kingdom is an amazing movie. It's so hard to choose my favorite Wes Anderson movie because, like, honestly, my gut instinct is Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is a very unpopular opinion, but I fucking love that movie. I think he's done maybe one movie that I haven't liked, though. For me, like, the only wrong answers are Isle for Dogs and Darjeeling Unlimited, but yep. everything else, like, I get it. Yeah, Darjeeling Unlimited is pretty, eh. Yeah, that's the that's my least favorite for sure. I got to choose that one as my least. Honestly, though, <laughs> not a big fan of Steve Zizu either. Oh, I love it. I, love I don't it. love it, but I like it. Probably yeah, shouldn't say it, that so soon. <laughs> uh, no, like that. It's safe because uh, I had harder movies to pick from, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> All right, awesome. Let's do, let's do some honorable mentions. Then. I have hella honorable mentions for two thousand one. Yeah, uh, you lead us off. Okay, I'll lead us off. Uh, so for 2001, A Knight's Tale, which is such a fun mo- blockbuster movie with Heath Ledger just yeah. shining as the movie star he is. Uh, one of my favorite comedies of all time, Wet Hot American Summer, a movie that I just recently I just watched this week. And Mitch just talked about on the terror table. Stuart Gordon's Dagon. Such a amazing, creepy like Lovecraft horror movie. Oh, yeah. man. Such like a strange so movie. Uh, another one of my favorite comedies, Zoolander with Ben Stiller. Uh, you know, my, me and my, one of my buddies, Seth Garrett, we just we laugh about that movie constantly. Uh, Monsters Incorporated, another one of my favorite Pixar movies. I can't tell you how important that movie was for me back in 2001. Ocean's Eleven, phenomenal Steven Soderbergh. And you know what? It, it catches some heat sometimes, but I still love the way that this franchise kicked off, The Fast and the Furious. I got family. 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 Your family. Such a fun movie. Hell yeah. Nice. That was a big one for me. Uh, yeah. You're Chris, you or me, how are we doing this? Let me go real quick. Kay. Y'all disrespected. This was literally going to be the number two pick, but I had a change of heart. But Spirit Away obviously has to be mentioned in 2000. That's 2002. Is it 2002? Yeah. Oh, well, good thing I didn't say that. Believe thing. me, I know. It's 2002. Okay, well, now we know. Uh, Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, yeah. It has to be mentioned. The Fast and Furious I had. Shrek. Uh, Knight's Tale I also had. Black Hawk, Down, Ridley Scott. Military movie's pretty good. And Mummy Returns and Legally Blonde. Oh, yeah. Oh, Legally dude. Blonde is good stuff. Yeah. Legally Blonde is on my list as well. I'm actually reading a book on screenwriting right now, and it's almost like the entire the entire book that he keeps on referring back to how Legally Blonde is a perfect movie. And it actually, it really is. It's a great movie. Great comedy. Um, all right. Yeah. Mine, my first honorable mention was Monsters Inc. as well. That one was super hard for me to leave off. I kind of wish I would have thrown it on there instead of Frailty because uh, I think it could have gotten some more representation. But that's my favorite Pixar movie. Nice. Um, Mulho- Mulholland Drive is uh, another one. The Devil's Backbone from uh, Guillermo del Toro. I adore that movie. Uh, Legally Blonde, and I know this this movie has a huge stink around it, but and rightfully so. But there is no movie besides Ernest Scared Stupid that's like the movie that scared me the most, aside from Ernest Scared Stupid, was Jeepers <laughs> Jeepers Creepers. And oh, I hate yeah. to mention it because fuck, you know, screw the guy, whatever. But that movie worked for me when I was 11 years old. Uh, Joyride is a ton of fun. It's a really underrated uh, road movie with Paul Walker, Steve Zahn. It's great. It is uh, great. And then my oh, yeah. Then I have uh, Hardball. Rest in peace, G, baby. Keanu Reeves represent. Um, do you guys know about that one? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's where Keanu Reeves loses a gambling bet, and he has to he has to coach a little league team in the hood. 
That sounds so good. I want to watch it right now. It's awesome, man. I love it. it. (laughs) You will cry. You will cry. And then last but not least, a movie that's universally hated that I love (laughs) and I have loved since I was a kid, Freddy Got Fingered. I've never seen that. (laughs) Oh, that's an actual movie. Yeah, the Tom Green movie where he was given a bunch of money to to make a Hollywood movie. It's widely known as one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, but it and it's ridiculous. It's so dumb. But uh, I think it's an incredible piece of performance art. <laughs> 2001 was a great year for sure. Yeah. So in 2002, uh, despite the fact that I'm I was a big theater kid growing up and I was pretty obsessed with musicals and stuff uh, all through high school and I still like musicals today. I've never seen Chicago, uh, but Chicago did win Best Picture. Not that I've seen it, so I have no idea. Uh, but 2002, I think, is a great year. I have a lot of movies I really love, but I do feel very strongly about um, what my pick should be. So I'll go ahead and kick us off. Uh, my first pick is a movie that Chris tried to honorable mention for last year, but it came out in 2002. Studio Ghibli, Spirited Away, which... Now remember, weeb and weeaboo do not mean the same thing. Weeb, good. Weeaboo, bad. Is my favorite Studio Ghibli movie... And it might be my just my favorite animated movie of all time. Uh, it was kind of a movie that really opened me up to animated movies. No, sorry. No, it opened me up to foreign movies because I watched that movie and I just thought there is nothing like this in American movies. Like this is something completely different. I cannot get this from anything American. And uh, that just kind of made me realize that, wow, I need to watch more foreign movies. Um, I love Spirited Away. It's so great. Hell yeah. yeah, dude. So good. So good. I think I got it. Re- the dates mixed up because of the release in Japan and then the release in the United States. Oh, that makes mm, sense. Pushes up glasses. Sorry. <laughs> I'm the only one that did mention a lot of anime films last decade. I don't want to be like, you know, the professor. Mitch here. nominated Princess Mononoke. I just yeah. Where was your representation at? I guess Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon. Okay. <laughs> it checks out. All right, Chris, <laughs> what, what's your pick? Uh Okay, so it has to be, um, for me, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. I think it's the best in the original trilogy of Lord of the Rings movie. Um, It's just, I mean, dude, it's like, what hasn't been said about Two Towers? But it is my favorite, and I think it's the most epic. has the best, I think, um, emotional moments, a lot of high, like the highs, I think, are the highest in that movie, and there's no lows at all. And it's the second movie of the trilogy, which I think is a very rare thing um, because that third movie is just so phenomenal as well. But I think Two Towers, I think Sneak Spy is the better of the three. And I saw it in theaters and I loved it. Awesome. Cool. Uh, my first pick is probably my most memorable theatrical experience I've ever had. Uh, and that is M. Night Shyamalan's Signs. Yeah, so nice. Signs with uh, yeah, Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix, Rory Culkin. Abigail uh, Breslin. Uh, it's a movie that, you know, as as I've grown older, I see more flaws with it, but it never loses that touch of what the impact that it had on me. I think it's genuinely scary. It's heartbreaking and it's touching. It's just, I think it's a phenomenal movie. Uh, and I definitely think it's one of, if not M. Night's most underrated movie that he that he has. I just think it's phenomenal. So Signs is my pick. Yeah, I've always loved Bravo. Signs. I need to I need to watch it again. It's been a few years, but always been a big fan of that movie. It's it's just great. If you so, loved Aliens as a kid, Signs was like that weird long alien movie that was worth the wait to get to the finish. It was so good. Oh yeah. The birthday party scene fucking ruined everybody. Like <laughs> still scared of that scene. Don't even bring it yeah. up. <laughs> it's so good. 
And real quick, just while we're on the topic, I just have to say, I've always found the main criticism of signs stupid as hell. People always say like, well, if if their weakness is water, why'd they come to a planet made of water? Well, they've probably <laughs> never fucking seen water before, you dipshit. Yeah. They didn't yeah. know that they're allergic to something they've never been around before. <laughs> so, so true. And there's like a lot of Kansas or something like there's yeah. not a lot of big water bodies of water. <laughs> No, but it is. It's also one of those movies that you can endlessly quote if you have a messy spouse who leaves thirty fucking glasses of water hanging around the house. I'm like, well, hopefully we get invaded by fucking aliens, so I can at least swing away. It made me buy a Brita just because she kept complaining about how it's not cleaned water. I'm like, fuck, yeah. I need to get a Brita too. Brita, tap water, transformed. I need to get a Brita too. Oh god, the movie terrified me. I was, I was, my heart rate didn't calm down until like hours after the movie finished. It, it worked so well on me. So for my next pick, this is this is a weird little movie. I have no idea if you guys have seen it, but I just I love it so much. I think it's really great. It's a movie called Secretary. So here here's the pitch on this movie. It's basically, other than Twilight, it's the movie that Fifty Shades of Grey is ripping off, uh, right down to the fact that it's starring James Spader and his name is Mr. Grey in this movie. Uh, but it's starring Maggie Gyllenhaal as a secretary and James Spader as her boss. And they are both very strange, very damaged people with very strange and unusual sexual desires. And they happen to figure out along their their weird, awkward relationship that they have the same weird sexual desires and it's about it it's it's basically it a sounds romance. sorry but it yeah, sounds like you're explaining your it sounds like you're explaining my relationship with chris hurtado <laughs> I'm getting to that. No, no. <laughs> Deeply sexual over here. I, I just have to say, I think it's a legitimately really good romance movie where along the way you have to accept, well, their relationship is weird. It's very unconventional, but they both like it and it is consensual. So I guess I should accept it and want them to be together. And and James Bader and Meg Gyllenhaal are brilliant in the movie. They're both giving crazy weirdo performances. And uh, I love it. It's, um, it is the great movie that Fifty Shades of Grey shamelessly rips off. Yeah. Awesome. I, I haven't seen that, but and I also haven't seen this movie I'm about to talk about. Um, but Crash with James Spader, like isn't he aren't isn't that kind of like similar? Like he has this weird sexual fantasy. Hell yeah, that's a Cronenberg like, movie. Yeah, I know that, but like doesn't he like having like having sex when they get in a car crash or something like that? Yeah, that's what it's about. That is not what Secretary is about, but that is what Crash is about. <laughs> okay, maybe James Spader just has like this weird sex drive where he just gets turned on by the weirdest things. Kind of like Army Hammer with the cannibalism. <laughs> yeah, James Spader. Man, we got to give a shout out to James Spader on The Office, though. I, I love <laughs> Robert California. No one Caligula. likes him. I think I he's hilarious. Him. No, he is yeah. hilarious on that yeah. show. Yeah, I love that. Tell me, what's your deepest, darkest fear? <laughs> I, I, I love it when I he says, say, like, he has this big movie theater room and he only watches Caligula in there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so good. I mean, if you live alone and you have a movie theater, why wouldn't you watch Caligula? That's my big question. Yeah. Like, have you guys seen it? Like, why wouldn't you? Like, yeah. why not? Well, I haven't, I haven't seen Secretary, but that does sound very interesting. I'm intrigued. Um, it sounds like um, uh, a movie that Kyle would watch because didn't Kyle on the Terror watch like the Fifty Shades movies, like into that kind of stuff? Totally. Yeah, <laughs> it would make total sense. But the thing is, they need to have a couple members of the Degrassi cast for him to care. <laughs> Boom, roasted. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I don't know that uh, I don't know what secretary does. I'll let him know. <laughs> uh, wow, I'm surprised with Daniel's picks because like uh, there's one movie that's missing that I have to talk about. But because I knew I you know would Mitch talk is... about it, so I knew I didn't need to nominate it. Okay, well, there was another one I was going to talk about, but I, I have to say, because I don't know if Mitch will, but I mean, come on, Spider-Man obviously has to be mentioned. Like, it's my favorite of the trilogy, but it's like, I mean, it's just perfect. I watch it when I'm drunk all the time. I watch it when I'm sober. I watched it on VHS as a kid. Like I quote it every, almost every day of my life. I feel like um, the memes are perfect for it. Uh, it has, I mean, come on, Spider Man. Memes are easy. perfect for it. I just processed yeah. that line. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is a great movie, and I, I think we can all like if anyone, everyone remembers where they were when they first saw Spider Man because there's oh, nothing God, like yeah. that movie. There's nothing like it at the time. You know, yeah, what's crazy? another reason I didn't nominate it is is it has a sequel that I want to push for harder. But sorry, Chris, you were saying I was going to say it's a movie I absolutely love. I had on VHS, I had on DVD, but I didn't see it in theaters. I don't know oh, why we did it. We watched. Well, you we must love Rings. cinema. <laughs> we watched Lord of, all the Lord of the Rings. Remember, movies kids, in theaters, if you I'm don't not see Spider-Man about. in theaters, do you really care about cinema? <laughs> well, kind of for Terror Table that. listeners, that's an inside the sequel inside joke. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right uh my last pick yeah uh, yeah man this was a tough one because i got a ton of runners up but uh 28 days later danny yes. boyles 28 days later i uh, still garland love it script. yeah alex garland fucking right i i i love alex garland like he's one of my most like one of the filmmakers i'm always so excited to see whatever he does and uh nice. you know i love his novels like and you know going back to the 90s when he uh he wrote the beach uh, another great movie, but uh, yeah, I love Twenty Eight Days Later. It's that movie ruined me when I first saw it because uh, yeah, it's just it was terrifying. It was a fresh mm-hmm. take on the zombie on the zombie subgenre. I know there's a lot of people pushing up their glasses and getting mad at me calling it a zombie movie, uh, but it's a fucking zombie movie. Of course, <laughs> it's a zombie movie. Yeah. <laughs> but aren't they have the rage virus? Whatever. That's a movie I, I literally saw for the first time like in the past couple of years. And I'll admit, for like maybe the first act, I'm sitting there like, what am I watching? Why does it look like this? Why did he film it like this? But by the end, I was 100% on board. I was like, fuck yeah, this movie rules. I mean, I love the third act of that movie. Oh my god, yeah, the climax of that movie is unlike any other. It's just so intense. So good. good. And it's one of those movies that had alternate endings as well. So if you had the VHS, you would stay after the credits and watch the uh, two alternate endings, which are also pretty good too, I'm not going to lie. Ready to get into eliminations? Fuck, this is tough. (laughs) All right, so I got the first elimination. Uh, One of the goals that I came into this draft with is to block Lord of the Rings movies. (laughs) So I am eliminating the two towers. (laughs) That's so sad. And I want to say before that, that I, I think that those movies are perfect. They're phenomenal. I love all three of them. But I'm not mentioning any of them on here because I've they they've gotten the love that they deserve already. So I want to shine some light on some other ones. But I also did that knowing that Chris was going to mention them, and I could, you know, tap in and say I love those as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, like I wasn't going to champion. I would just say I'm not going to champion Return of the King because that's got an awful lot. But I feel like the two towers, like I mean, that was one that could easily won as well. I feel like, but it is what it is. Yeah. yeah, not my franchise. I'll just say that. Not my <laughs> franchise. Yeah. Who's <sighs> next for eliminations? It is uh, Chris Hurtado. Um, that James Spader one might have to go. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 
<laughs> secretary is out of contention. That is okay. I got to champion it. Hopefully, maybe at least one person watches it because I mentioned it. Uh, but that is okay. Sorry. I can't believe you're gonna can't believe you're gonna make me be the one to do this, but spirited away. Oh my god, I wanted that. To <laughs> That's okay. I it's a great great movie. I love Studio Ghibli. I love everything. But uh, yeah, I between it's my two picks and Spirited Away. And I can't remember if there's another one. So Spider-Man. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay, let's move. Moving on. All right. Uh, so we've all eliminated at this point. It's time to choose that random person. And it is Mitch Oliver. So Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Oh, so easily he's going to eliminate Spider-Man just like that, eh? Because we're down to my two picks now. I can't. I, I cannot believe I'm about to vote for this movie for uh, for Best Picture, even though I do really like this movie. But I, I was not. I did not see this coming. Infected with what? Rage. Chris, you're the tiebreaker. 28 Days Later wins. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Movie. Both movies I really love, but 28 Days is so high and above one of my favorites. That decade is my third pick movie. Oh, I'm so glad you love that movie, Mitch. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I voted for 28 Days as well. It's it's pretty awesome. And I voted for Signs for personal reasons only. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> just because of the theatrical experience I had, it just the movie pro- had a profound impact on me. But I am so happy to see 28 Days Later win. Rightfully so. It's such a low key, like it's a movie that, like you said, it does get kind of trashed on sometimes, but man, it is like so good. And also the Brendan Gleeson death is so unforgivable Oh, it's so in that movie. Oh, it's so yeah. hard to watch. <laughs> also, it's still a movie to this day where the third act where they're in the mansion with the soldiers, I still get very unnerved with. And I think that's credited to the screenwriting for that. Totally. Which Alex Garland again, love. It's funny that Danny Boyle has a different movie that won Best Picture in this decade in real life, but it, it would have been cooler if it was 28 Days Later, but it is in our version. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's why we're doing this. That's uh, why we're doing this. Can I go first on honorable mentions? Because I had a lot of good ones. Like These could have yeah, easily man. been swapped in. So, Because um, I didn't know Spider-Man was going to be brought up or not, but my original number two, uh, City of God, which I don't know if oh, you guys have seen. It's a, dude, it's a Brazilian foreign film. It's phenomenal. Okay, so the reason I'm cutting you off is because I have it written down here that City of God should win, but yeah. I didn't think either of you guys would have seen it, so I didn't nominate it. Oh, it's but one City of my... Er- oh, go ahead. It's the best movie of this year, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's such a earth-shattering... Like, oh, God, it is so good. It's such yes. an awesome movie. Sorry, you continue, Chris. I just uh, got it. Director Morales... No, it's okay. De- uh, Director Morales for Brazil directs it, and it's a, it's a movie... Um, about a boy who grows up in the slums of Brazil, and um, it's basically chronicling his life moving on from this, the uh, the streets. And he has this one rival who becomes a drug lord and kind of mm-hmm. follows their relationship, which is pretty like symbiotic because they don't get along, but then they do get along. And he, it's just so good. And the director who did that also got nominated for the two popes as well. Um, but Brazil, I uh, not Brazil, City of God is just a phenomenal chronicled movie. Um, I actually covered it as one of my early videos in my YouTube channel as well. If you haven't watched i definitely recommend it um, i haven't watched that so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go watch that it's cringy but city of god is just so good uh but but then the other ones were uh gangs in new york i actually really like that movie a lot cabin fever uh kung pao resident evil 25th hour and eight mile oh my dude Eight Miles, on uh, it's second on my honorable mentions next to City of God. I love Eight Mile, and I think that movie does not get its due. Uh, but, it's yeah, it's a great movie. 
Also, everyone, do you guys, I don't know if the, this is really your guys' thing, but like it, it changed the world when Jackass came out. The the first Jackass movie, which was in 2002. Never? It, it was that I, old? I, no, I haven't seen it. Oh my God, man. The Jackass movies, like if seeing that in a theater, I saw all three of them in the theater. And it's just unlike anything else, watching a bunch of grown men hurt themselves. And it never gets old. I've watched them all again uh, when quarantine first hit. And my God, like, they're still so funny. So I got to give love to Jackass. I also have Two Towers in here because it's debatably my favorite of the three as well. Uh, Punch Drunk Love is a phenomenal movie with Adam Sandler. If you guys haven't seen that, it's, it's a must. Minority Report is so underrated. I think that that's such an incredible sci-fi action movie. Uh, Tom Cruise, Steven Spielberg, The Ring. Uh, it's grown on me a, a substantially ever since I first saw it. I th- that movie left a huge impression on me. Spider-Man, Reign of Fire, uh, Gangs of New York, I also love. I love that movie, and I think that movie gets shit on unfairly. It's almost always at the bottom of the list for Scorsese movies. I actually fucking adore that movie. Um, Spun, Spun is a great uh, drug film that might be your thing. And uh, Reign of Fire and Adaptation. Right on. So I have got, of course, Spider-Man, Blade 2, which is my favorite Blade movie. Blade 2 just fucking rules in every possible way. <laughs> uh, Brian De Palma's Femme Fatale, which is one that I watched in preparation for this, and, and I really liked it. It's a really cool, sexy thriller. Uh, the Importance of Being Earnest, which is an adaptation of a classic British play. It's got Colin Firth and Reese Witherspoon. I actually love it. I think it's really great. Uh, of, of course, Punch Drunk Love, like Mitch mentioned, that's a phenomenal movie. Great Adam Sandler flick. Let's just call yeah. it that. And uh, Seymour Hoffman. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Such a good film. Series. I love especially yeah. like the gif. Sometimes people post where he's screaming into the phone. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so good. It's actually uh, and the then another... Anderson I've never seen. Really? Oh, okay. oh yeah. you're, you're, you're going to dig it, man. It's it's great. And then the other Steven Spielberg movie from this year is Catch Me If You Can, which I yeah. adore. Yeah. That's a great movie. I forgot about that one. So good. Uh, Wait, awesome. Undercover Brother also came out this year, too. Never forget that. <laughs> we got to give some love that. to Undercover Brother. Did you know that George Washington Carver invented a computer with a peanut? <laughs> a pe- Dave Chappelle. Oh. Mayonnaise. <laughs> That's like pretty much I all I remember from that movie is how they all hate mayonnaise. <laughs> it's, a, oh, it's such a it's funny like- movie. Also, right. debatably, Resident Evil maybe just as good as Twenty Eight Days Later. Zombie movies for the same year? Question. Hey, I I fuck with that first Resident <laughs> Evil movie. I think it's. Great. I do too. I yeah, do too. I, I like that first one, and I I I yeah, I have a soft spot for the other installments, but I know they're not good. Oh, okay. But they're wow. they're, they're fun. <laughs> they're dumb fun. <laughs> no, sure. like the first one's by far my favorite, though. Uh, all right, two thousand three. Two thousand three, man, great. Great year, in my opinion. Uh, in the real world, Lord of the Rings Return of the King won Best Picture. Sounds like from these two guys, uh, it will not be nominated. But um, let's see. In this case, it is Chris Hurtado's first choice. So what do you want to pick, man? Ooh. Uh, let me look through my list. Okay. So the first one, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It is a movie I champion all the time. It's a movie I watch... Not very regularly, but I watch it more often than I ever thought I would in my life. But it's Cold Mountain from 2003 with Nicole Kidman and Jude Law. Um, it's a Civil War movie about Confederate a Confederate soldier and um, who's Jude Law. He has to go to fight in war. And Renee Zellweger and Nicole Kidman become friends and they stay behind. And it's kind of like a horrific reality t- 
a realistic take on um, the Civil War, and I just absolutely love the movie. I've seen it like five times, surprisingly enough, and I just love the movie so much. That's awesome. I've never heard of anyone being that passionate about Cold Mountain, but uh, I saw it when it first came out, but that just seems like a weird movie to watch multiple times. I've but heard that I movie also... championed so many times, and it's always by Chris Hurtado. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I here's... also just said that I fall asleep to a Requiem for a Dream. So oh. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing about Cold Mountain. So I, when I was in community college, I had to do like a final paper, and I just was not motivated to do it, and I was on Netflix, and Cold Mountain was on Netflix. I was like... It's only eight o'clock. I can watch a movie to get my mind off this paper. And I actually watched the entire movie. It's close to three hours long. Watch that whole thing and then t- motivated to type my paper for whatever reason. But yeah, I always remember that viewing for whatever reason where I almost failed my final in community college. But it has also Jack Black, or not Jack, um, um, Jack White. His yeah, that'd be a weird cast. It has Jack movie. White, Brendan Gleeson, the old fat brother from My Name is Earl. It's just, it, and it has a young Charlie Hunnam in it too. Like it's, it's a star studded cast. It's time. Do we fuck with Charlie Hunnam? I do. I had a I conversation do. about this on Twitter with somebody recently. Mark Warner. Shout out Mark if he's, if he's listening. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand why people hate Charlie Hunnam. I don't love him. He's not like one of my favorites, but I've never found him to be bad. And, and hot take, I like him in Pacific Rim. And I do like Pacific oh. Rim overall. That's a fun movie. Like, dude, I, I, I love Pacific Rim. Oh, hell yeah. Movie. Thank you. I saw that movie like four times in the theater. It was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. That was the movie where I was like, I like I would just see people at work. I'm like, you, you need to see Pacific Rim tonight. I'll come with you. <laughs> uh, but no, like, I, were you guys, did anyone watch Sons of Anarchy? No, actually. That's I why, watched a few episodes. That's why you're okay with Charlie Hunnam then, because he is... He's really, really all over the place in that show. Like, there are, <laughs> there are episodes where he's downright awful, but... Uh, there's a movie I'm going to be talking about today that also has a minute. So, uh, yeah, we'll go back to it. I just want to know how you guys felt about Charlie Hunnam. Uh, okay, I'm going with a personal pick. This is one that I wasn't going to pick because I'm, I have no idea if you guys have seen it or not. But Courtney, I was telling her about my picks and she's like, you owe it to yourself to be honest and choose this one. It's Bad Santa. I'm on my fucking lunch break, okay? It's one of my favorite comedies. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton. And Bad Santa is just the shit. The movie gets funnier every time I watch it. <laughs> it's a Christmas staple for me. Sometimes I'll watch it in July. Also, the sequel is awesome as well. That movie gets such a bad rap, but Kathy Bates in that movie, she manages to outdo Billy Bob Thornton in being a crude piece of shit. And uh, Bad Santa is just so good. So I got to go with that one. I have a confession to make. Every Christmas, I say to myself, I'm finally going to watch Bad Santa, and I never do. I've still never seen Bad Santa. Really? And see, that's yeah. one That's one that I, if I were to have to bet on it, I would say that you're not going to love it. But uh, just because it's a really mean movie, it's like... <laughs> it's the, the, so mean. <laughs> the, com- the comedy is so mean. Um, but it's one of the... I, I like cringy humor, and I just... I will giggle my ass off to that movie. But it is... It's crude to the 10th degree. Like... It's one of those movies where the rated R version and the unrated version, I actually can't tell a difference. No, it's so ridiculously crude and it gets away with so much. It's insane. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Quick agree. shout out. Respect that you like it, though. I've never met anyone that actually likes that movie. So, Oh, dude, respect. I love that movie. Quick shout out to another mean Billy Bob Thornton Christmas movie, The Ice Harvest by Harold Ramis. Yes. Hell yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I realized, I think it was last year and this year, it was actually a movie I mentioned on the 90s episode, Sling Blade, was like, am I the biggest Billy Bob Thornton fan in the world? <laughs> like, I was like, I just, like, I don't know if I've seen a movie with him that I can think of off the top of my head that I hated. Like, I just, I always love watching him. 
I, I think he's so inter- entertaining. He's such a solid actor. I respect oh, that. Isn't he the, the star of the Fargo away. show? Yep. Oh, yeah, he's great in that. He's in, uh, I'm watching Goliath right now, which is another show that has him starring in it. So it's him as a lawyer, and I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Right on. But, so for my first nomination, I actually think 2003 was a great year for like fun popcorn movies. Uh, but of all of them, this is the best. And I think it is one of the best fun popcorn movies of the entire decade. It is Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Nice. Uh, holds up 100%. Just unbelievably entertaining on every possible level. I think it's I think it's taken a lot of heat just because of its sequels. But man, if you just look at this movie, it's incredibly great. And I know Johnny Depp's performance it got a little tiresome over time, especially with how every dude in the world had to do an impersonation of it. But it is a <laughs> fucking brilliant performance in this movie. Yeah. I think it's a great, great film. I couldn't agree more. And I, I'm so happy to see representation on and here. because I, I love Barbosa. I love the second one, too. Like, I, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. the second one. You're Daniel, you're the only person that I knew who loved that Curse of the Black Pearl as much as I do. So I'm so happy to hear you mention it. I fucking love right that on. movie. Yeah. yeah so I love, it's, I love it's hearing you talk about it and tweet about it. It's such a great movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so I great. I think we kind of forget the pop culture impact of Pirates of the Caribbean because it's so memed and it's annoying now because, like you said, the Jack Sparrow thing. But, man, when you go back and watch this movie after years, it's still like I'm surprised. Like, wow, Disney did this. This is yeah. insanely great stuff. Because Johnny Depp so got great. nominated for an Oscar for that movie. A lot of people forget. Oh, oh de- deservedly so. <laughs> Chris Urtado, what's your next pick? Oh boy. Okay. Call me crazy on this, but I have to I have to throw it in just for respects for myself. It has to be Jack Black and School of Rock. It's a movie I loved growing up watching, and it's actually a pretty flawless movie. Great music. Jack Black gives a very great performance. Um, and it's you know, it's kind of it, it, it teaches you some lessons, you know, like when you grow up watching School of Rock, you kind of think like I'm kind of like these kids. I kind of wish I had a teacher like this, you know, and Led Zeppelin's playing in a van. And how many times can you listen to immigrant song as a kid? Like you, you yeah. endless. So yeah. School of rock for me. Great movie. Great Linklater film. That's so right. weird that that's a Richard Linklater movie, but uh, yeah, I but love like, that movie. Like other Richard Linklater movies. It's great. And, and maybe perfect. It is a really, really good movie. It like, especially if you just look at the cover or the premise, you're like dumb Disney family movie, blah, blah, blah. But it's dumb Disney style family movie in the best possible way. Like it really yeah. is. It's so well made. No, I agree. I, I love that movie. And uh, even though all those kids grew up to be shitheads, I don't know if you guys <laughs> have seen like the, where are they now? Like, fuck, especially the main kid, the, I think oh, his name's no. Zach. Oh, he's oh, awful. No. Zach, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Also shout out to my boy, Mitch Clark, who's listening and he despises that movie and he's wrong about it. So. <laughs> you know, what's weird as an he adult, and even up. as a kid, like, I had to be true to myself. I'm still very much attracted to the principal in that movie as a kid and as an adult Don't still. Zach. Yeah, I'm just like... Oh, sure. that's weird. <laughs> but I, guess, it is, I do love her in that movie, but I, I don't feel attraction for her. Now, Joan Cusack <laughs> in Adam's Family Values, that is a different story. <laughs> I just always see her like John. Like, I, I they look so similar. I think it's because <laughs> when she does that one thing in the bar singing um, Eliza Minnelli, you oh, know... Yeah. I think it's just for me. It's like, yeah, that's pretty hot. I, I like that. Isn't she on the Stevie Nicks? Isn't that? <laughs> or is it no? It's Stevie yeah, Nicks. It's Stevie no, it Nicks. Is. Yeah. There's a different Liza Minnelli joke in the movie. That's right. That's right. Better, see, better believe. Movies, see, the School of School of Rock is one of my and this this era that we're talking about 
is that era for me of the faking sick to stay home from school and watch movies all day. And School of Rock was one that I would watch all the time when I was sick. Same with Training Day, which is very weird. <laughs> awesome, very strange. Awesome. Uh, my pick? Your pick, man. So I had to balance out in natural Mitch Oliver fashion. Uh, I can't nominate a, a fun movie like Bad Santa without also nominating a depressing as hell movie, and that is Mystic River. Clint Eastwood's Mystic River. I know there's a lot of people out there who don't care for this one. I think it's phenomenal storytelling front to back. Uh, just a really great coming of age movie dealing with trauma and small communities and how how far friendships will go. And it's just it's a phenomenal movie. I love it. Have not seen it. How about you, Chris? I have seen. It. I was really young. It's one of the movies I, one of the few movies I've seen where my mom cried at the end. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why God, she yeah. did, but I um, still cry. I remember parts of it. It's not a movie I've rewatched anytime yeah. recently, but I do remember parts of it being pretty heavy. So yeah. it's a very heavy movie, but I highly encourage anyone who hasn't seen it to check it out because. I, I would also say it's one of the, like, you know, he's had a huge body of work, but it's one of Clint Eastwood's best directorial features. So, I, yeah, I thought it was great. Sounds good. Okay, so for my final pick, this is really hard. See, like, there's a there's another romance movie from this decade, <laughs> from this year that I love. It would be another one in the line of Return to Me and Secretary, and, and it would get eliminated right away. And I do really love it, but I don't know if I want to do that yet again. And I have yet to nominate a horror movie. And there is a horror movie from this year that I am just 100% ride or die for. I know Chris is too. We have showed it to a lot of people. Sometimes it hits and sometimes they hate us for it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. It is Eli Roth's Cabin Fever. I love Cabin Fever with all of my heart and all of its grossness and its meanness and its terrible foul mouth mean characters i just think it's so much fun i love how audaciously gross it is but it's never gross in like a way that makes me uncomfortable it's always fun i just find cabin yeah. fever a blast the whole way through and i know chris like this is an important movie in our friendship for yeah. sure this is a and comfort got, movie it is and, it really and is you got you got sean hunter from uh boy meets world that's right you do right rider strong yeah yeah Cab cabin fever is easily my favorite favorite eli roth film solid easily. movie yeah. yeah yeah it's uh yeah he always says hit or miss but i feel like we've never missed i guess with the people we want to impress those we don't care too much about when we show it to i don't care about their opinions but yeah. everyone who I've, whose opinions i've cared about have liked it we did show it to a whole group of our fraternity brothers because Chris and I were in a fraternity and we heard about it for like a year after that. People hated it so much. They kept selling us. We have horrible movie taste. And we're just like, whatever, man, you don't get it. <laughs> to be honest, I don't think they'd seen high art cinema like that up to that point. So I, I would not know Cabin how to Fever. react to it as well. Yeah, yeah true. Also, it's a it's a it, there's a quote in that movie that Daniel and I will usually always say to each other when before COVID, when we'd have like big friend gatherings for pretty often we'd be like i'm drinking nothing but beer this whole weekend or something like that that's how you because stay healthy they, man yeah because <laughs> that's what they say in the movies like you drink nothing but beer ah uh, yeah cabin fever that's a good one great movie let's get to the eliminations all right chris what are you gonna take out <sighs> fuck <laughs> oh, I... oh good god um Let's see. So we have Pirates of the Caribbean, Cabin Fever, School of Rock, Cold Mountain. Mitch, what the fuck did you put? <laughs> Bad Santa and Mystic River. 
yeah, Batsana has to go. Again, oh, no diss to Mitch, and I respect him for actually liking the movie. But again, it's not a movie I don't even care about much. And at one point, I've even turned off when trying to get through it again, unfortunately. Damn. All righty. So it is Mitch, Mitch's pick. Yeah, Mitch next. Oh, man, this is hard. I'm I'm sorry, but I ha- I like this is actually not because you just eliminated one of mine. But Chris, <laughs> I got to take I have to take a cold mountain just because I, I really like the other ones a lot more. I haven't Ooh. seen Cold Mountain in a long time, though. I haven't seen it since it came out. I was too young. Yeah, no, there's some nudity in it. There's actually a really hot sex scene, and Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it, too, and he wants to get oh, laid. Um, I love yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman sex scenes. Yeah. Oh, well, he's not in the sex scene, but he oh, okay. wants to get laid. He's oh. a priest in the movie, and he wants to get laid. But there's a really hot sex scene in there. that my, I remember my parents saying, close your eyes, Chris, but like it was the one few movies where I let my eyes open up a little bit. And, well, uh, if you ever want to see, if you ever want to see Philip Seymour Hoffman have sex with Marissa Tomei, one of the most gorgeous women of all time, watch Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. <gasps> all right, writing down Before yeah, the Devil, yeah. Devil Knows Ethan You're Hawks Dead. Ethan Hawke's in that right too. Now. Do we it's, see his ass or no? Oh my God, no. They, that's a straight. That's a stone cold five out of five, and uh, it's in this era. It's from 2007, but we'll we'll get there. But uh, yeah, you guys need to see that one. Sydney Lumet film. It's fucking mm-hmm. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Ethan, yeah, yeah, Ethan Hawke, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Marissa Tomei. What more do you want? <laughs> has a recent Nothing. shop factory release by the way too so what no it doesn't yeah it has a new boutique label release from scream factory or shout select one of the two Be- yeah. before the devil knows you're dead it's a recent release guy i did not know that i gotta look that look into that i already own the blu-ray but uh i have replaced many blu-rays before like an idiot just because oh, they're on the not... shouter scream factory nice you're not following the minimalist movement i'm proud of you no fuck that <laughs> i I loved your rant on the minimalist movement. <laughs> You're the only one who has, so thank you for that. I <laughs> love it. I lost I subs it. off of that. My, my favorite part about it, though, is like, let's just get drunk and drink some vodka Red Bulls. <laughs> it's like, fuck yeah, Chris. I was beaten and then like going down to a nearer stop poles. I love it. Yep. Cold Mountain's gone. What else? My elimination. Oh, I feel so bad about this because I, re- I should have watched Mystic River, but I didn't have the time. I've never seen Mystic River. I'm going to cut it out. It's probably great. It's probably great, though. Yeah. No, that's It was great. nominated, though. It's one of the only movies that I nominated that was nominated. But Let's right. figure right. out who the next person is. The last elimination goes to me. Oh, damn it. That's All right, well, oh, shit. I guess I'm going to leave my own picks and kick out School of Rock. So the best no! movie is between Pirates of the Caribbean and Cabin Fever. Oh, <laughs> Honestly, not a not a bad turnout. Not a bad turnout. Oh shoot! Okay, let's let's put in our vote. Too long I've been starving to death, and haven't died. I feel nothing. Not the wind on my face, nor the spray of the sea, nor the warmth of a woman's flesh. You best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one. Pirates of the Caribbean, yes. Curse of the Black Pearl wins Best Picture for 2003. Honestly, it should have been the way it went. Yeah, it's a great movie. And I also like this to point out to anyone listening who's been shitting on Pirates of the Caribbean for years. You don't know. Just go back and rewatch Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, and you will see what we're talking about. I'm so happy you chose that. 
great. Movie. I've actually been meaning to go through the entire franchise because because I've always liked to. I haven't seen three since the theater. I wasn't crazy about it, but that was so long ago and I've never seen four and five. So I, I do want to go through the whole thing and see what Dude, I think. You know what? I've done this multiple times where I'll start up. I own all of them and I have a Pirates. I'm like, okay, we're doing a Pirates of the Caribbean marathon. Just get these things out of the way because I haven't <laughs> seen the last. I think I haven't seen the last three or two, um, but I own them all. But every time I get to At World's End and I'm like, just, no, I can't do it anymore. I'm like, so I, I own them all and I haven't seen them. Like, I, I always just watch the first two. I've oh, seen yeah. up to Stranger Tide and Stranger Tide I saw out of just obligation of loving that tr the trilogy. I actually like World's End. It's not great, but it's what, you know, it's it's the Chris Hurtado movie that I'll champion, even though it shouldn't be championed. But Strange Tide was not good. I saw it in theaters and I remember thinking, yeah, this ship is sailed. No pun yeah. intended. But the new one looked, I remember seeing the trailer for it and thinking Javier Bardem might get me in the theater for it, but it never did. Yeah, no, exact same thing. Javier Bardem was like, maybe he'll be the one to bring me back for this. Yeah. But then uh, from everything I've heard about it, it's like by far the worst one. So it's tough. But uh, either way, they can cry in all their Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl money because that movie <laughs> made bank. Yeah, it did. Rightfully yes, it did. So. I'm not going to lie. I thought Cabin Fever for a second might have won, and I, I was kind of, I was kind of getting excited for it, just so we could be like, we're the party mans, yeah, we're the party guys. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable mentions, Chris. What do you got, man? Uh, House of a Thousand Corpse, um, 2003. Um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Robert Rodriguez. Uh, Return of the King, obviously. I had Pirates in there. Uh, X-Men 2, Holes, Looney Tunes, Back in Action, Brother Bear, Lizzie McGuire movie, and The Challenge, which had uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley in, which I actually, actually love that movie. Holy <laughs> shit. Man, Okay, so Chris Hurtado is just an amalgamation of both of my hosts. He, he's Boozy <laughs> and Kyle put together. But fuck, would you, you and Kyle need to start a podcast together? Jesus, <laughs> get him on inside the uh, sequel, Have you bro. have have you jabronis actually seen the challenge with Mary Kate and Ashley though? It, it it's a Mary Kate and Ashley movie where they go on like a, a it, like the movie's like a ripoff of Survivor, and they, it's called the challenge, and they go through challenges, and it, it's actually it fucks. It's pretty good. I can say I have seen the Lizzie McGuire movie come out multiple times. I yeah. was, she was my first crush. I had a poster of Hillary Duff in my bedroom when I was like 10 years old. Hot, hot. <laughs> I love a Cinderella story just a little bit more, but Lizzie McGuire movie is it's iconic. Yeah. Yeah. It's because you're what, what, what's his name? Fucking uh, guy from House of Wax. Chad Michael Murray. That's your guy. Hey, he's my guy in House of Wax. That's for damn sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'll go real quick. Um, so the romance movie I really wanted to nominate that is one of my favorite movies from this decade is Down With Love, uh, which I had a chance to talk about uh, with Lindsay Wilkins on her Schlock and Awe podcast. So I, I got my I got it out there, but that is such a fun movie. Uh, and then X-Men 2. I still think that's one of the best superhero movies. It's underrated. Yep. I think it's amazing. Finding Nemo, one of my favorite Pixar movies. Matchstick Men, great Nicolas Cage movie. Just phenomenal. Kill Bill Volume 1 still is just so awesome. And you know what? Don't judge me. I do love it. How to lose a guy in 10 days. Oh. Judging. <laughs> but, uh, Real quick. Yeah. Brian Cox in X-Men 2 is striker. Gets my rocks going. I got a lot of Brian Cox in that. All right. Well, then I'll start off by saying X2 United was also in my uh, list. Like it's, I will agree with both of you guys. I think it's uh, one of the greatest superhero films ever made. Nice. Um, especially. Yeah. I, I just, I love that movie, but matchstick man. I had on my list as well. Kill Bill as well. Uh, Freddy versus Jason. Don't care what anyone says. I love that movie. I love Fucking. Weed Freddy. Weed Freddy. Yes, it's so awesome when he's smoking that shisha. 
uh, Return of the King, Final Destination 2, great year for sequels, um, and Elephant, Gus Van Sant's Elephant, which is a, a art house film about a school shooting, and it is phenomenal, but it's very heavy stuff. Very heavy stuff, but I, I do love that movie. So it's a, you love it a enough movie. to make it an honorable mention. Yeah, well, it's 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 a very strong movie. I thought it's it's awesome. It's just it's not one of those ones that's like easy to watch by any means. It's about a school shooting. So yeah, uh, yeah, but Elephant. Uh, all right, cool. Two thousand four, Big Dogs. Yeah, two thousand four is a big dog. I have to say, uh, yes. Million Dollar Baby won Best Picture. It is another Clint Eastwood movie, and uh, I've never seen Million Dollar Baby. Have you guys? Mm-mm. Yep, it's a great movie. I really like. I actually watched it recently too. (laughs) Again, okay, right on. Uh, Let's see. So it is Mitch's turn to go first. Okay. Well, I know one of my picks is for sure getting picked, so I'm going to leave that one for one of you guys to pick up. But I'm going to go Shaun of the Dead, one of my most influential movies. Edgar Wright, Shaun of the Dead, love it. It's a it's a movie that I'm I'm currently studying because I think it's perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just I love that movie. It's a ton of fun. And uh, yeah, one of the, one of the movies that probably really propelled me into being a, a hardcore horror fan. So, Shaun of the Dead, love it. Yeah, it kicked off one of my favorite trilogies of all time. I have to say. <laughs> okay, so you love Hot Fuzz and At World's End because I talked to almost no one who loves At World's End. I still love it. I it's my it. favorite Edgar Wright movie. I think the trilogy uh-huh. gets better as they go. Personally. Holy smokes! Yeah, well, uh-huh. I, I I really enjoy that movie, but yeah, that's a that's a hot take. Oh, man, I, I haven't it. seen I, a bad Edgar Wright movie, so I have. I saw Baby Driver, so <gasps> oh my god, he did not just fucking say that. I'm off <laughs> I, the pod. I'm off I, the pod. I didn't like Baby Driver. It's the only Edgar Wright movie that I didn't like. I'm oh. very mixed on Baby Driver. It has some great sequences, but I don't think it works as a movie entirely. No, it's, I don't it's buy very it. messy. I don't buy that Ansel Elgort guy either. Like I just, I no. don't really care for him. And uh, th- so basically the movie didn't work because I wasn't connecting with him. And then on top of that, you have the whole fucking Kevin Spacey thing, but also you, you even it out with John Hamm, one of my favorite actors. I love John Hamm. He's the best and, part uh, of that movie. He is. Yeah, he is. I, I just didn't care for it, which is, it broke my heart. I'm a huge Edgar Wright fan. So uh, yeah, I love all of his movies except for that one. <laughs> Yeah, right on. Episode the amount now. of disrespect I've I've heard on this podcast, I don't have the will. I'm pulling a Padme. I don't have the will to live anymore. I really don't. <laughs> Chris, why are you putting out the effort to like be defensive over a movie with Ansel Elgort and Kevin Spacey? Yeah. Like, isn't the amount of toxic too much? But John Bernthal and John Hamm and Jamie Foxx are in that movie, and they all deliver performances that are pretty great and a killer soundtrack. I can't I can't argue with any of those things. But anyway, yeah. I am going to nominate. What is very easily, it is not close, very easily my favorite superhero movie, Spider-Man 2. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, This is my second pick. Perfect movie. I knew you were going to pick it, and uh, I hope it wins. Can you talk about it a little <laughs> bit just to, just to get me chubbed some more? Uh, so Spider-Man 2, I mean, one thing I love about it is it's not just about a superhero fighting a villain. It actually has ideas, and I think it's very much about depression and about when you have something hanging over you that won't let you move forward in life and you want to so bad and you want to be with the woman you love and you want to do well in school and you want to have a good job, but you can't because you have just this thing that won't let you. And um, I, so I, I just think it's a movie that's very interesting, but it is also the most kick-ass action superhero movie ever made. I think it's just technically so brilliantly made. And you have Sam Raimi showing off his chops in that Doc Ock scene where he, where his, uh, 
where his tentacles are taking the surgical room out. And the movie is fucking perfect. I, mm-hmm. I bought that movie on my PSP so I could watch it wherever I went. <laughs> the UM, UMD, right? <laughs> UMD, yeah. Yeah, yeah I UMDs. Had that, I had Spider-Man 2 and Hollow Man, a movie that has not <laughs> aged well. <laughs> but uh, so I could watch I, Kevin Bacon's Invisible Dick on my PSP anywhere I went. <laughs> but yeah, well, Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I don't think any. I don't think any of us could say anything uh, negative about it. I think it's my favorite uh, superhero movie as well. And uh, if not, it has been dethroned just slightly by Into the Spider-Verse. Just, I just adore that movie. But fuck, I, I love it. Yeah. yeah, it's really, really that movie connected with me very hard. But yeah, Spider-Man 2 is just so good. So well, at good. least you didn't say Joker. All right, Chris, what's your nomination? <laughs> <laughs> that was my uh, number three. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, you both have mentioned movies that were easily on the top of my list. So I got to name some ones um, that I truly feel passionate about. And the first one is Troy, uh, starring Brad Pitt, Eric Bana, <laughs> Orlando Bloom. <laughs> Mitch's it, has, right now. <laughs> it, it also has Peter O'Toole as well. Um, what's her first name? Last name Kruger. Um, Diane Kruger. Female. Diane Kruger. I'm trying to think who else is in it. That's pretty good. Oh, has uh, Nathan Jones, the the wrestler in it, uh, shot Nathan Jones. Not the YouTuber. Not the not the YouTuber. He's not that buff. And it has Sean Bean in it as well too. Um, directed by Wolfgang. I don't know his last name, but um, uh, this has been a great list of casts. But I want to know what Mitch <laughs> thinks because he is losing his shit over here. Fucking what Troy. the fucking Troy? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that that is not a good movie. <laughs> It really isn't. I'm sorry, but I I will say, though, that movie can turn like every person in the world was losing their mind when Brad Pitt showed up in that movie. Because, good God, he is. If not like if that's not a Greek God, I don't know what is. (laughs) It's just so historically inaccurate. It's just bad. Uh, it's a it's a foundation movie of mine. I had I, I burned that DVD to hell, like just watching it so often. It's a movie I also reenacted scenes with my brother a lot of times, um, and I used to quote it a lot too. Like the scene where he's talking, like Brad Pitt's talking to his soldiers on the boat before they stormed the beach. <laughs> I used yeah. to quote that a lot with my brother. <laughs> it was it was I do remember having like well Brad Pitt had big dick energy when he was coming out and like his fight scenes when he first shows up so. so. Yeah, and the movie looks good. I'll give you that. Like it's it's a pretty good looking movie. The extended cut is actually not as good as the theatrical cut, in my opinion. Too oh, fun. Man, I can't I can't imagine having more of Troy. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it back in the day. I remember being fine. I remember two things about it. One, I remember Brad Pitt insults somebody by calling them "you sack of wine." Yes, that's, that's pretty amazing yeah. insult. And two, I, I'm sorry for being horny on Maine, but I remember Diane Kruger's butt shot. Yeah, oh, yep. hot, mm-hmm. hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. damn. Well, this is going to be hard for me to pick. I have a long list of honorable mentions for this yeah. year. Yeah, it's tough. It's Wait, tough you're assuming Troy too. was an honorable mention? No. <laughs> um, oh, God. God, this is hard. Uh, I'm going to give it love because, yeah. Nope, The Village. Yes. <laughs> Night Shyamalan's The Village. I think it's yes. an incredible movie. And that's a movie that I fucking hated when I first saw it because I wasn't old enough for it. I think I, I saw it at the wrong time. I was expecting an all-out horror movie, and it's not that. It's a romance. And um, it's a movie that I really, really turned around on in my adult years. And I, I've since grown to love it. So uh, those are my two M. Night Shyamalan hot takes this episode. 
Also stellar cast too. Oh yeah, always. You got uh, what? What? what Adrian, Adrian Brody, Brody. Sigourney yeah, Weaver. Bryce Dallas Howard. Jesse Eisenberg as well. Oh yeah, he's such a creep in that movie. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just it's a really cool movie. I I highly recommend if anyone's listening and you haven't watched The Village since it came out and you didn't like it, give it another shot. Unless you don't like you know period pieces, then there's no hope. <laughs> a movie with no Blu-ray as well, which is unforgivable. I know. I know. Oh, that's yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for my next pick, uh, this this is tough. A lot of movies from this year I really like. This is a movie I just recently watched because I was on a, a kick of going through this filmmaker's from filmography. I'm going to nominate Tony Scott's Man on Fire starring Ooh, Denzel nice. Washington. Uh, great movie. It, it's just a great drama for like the first half. But then once it finally kicks into being an action thriller, it is a great, violent, awesome action thriller mm-hmm. uh, movie just bursting with style. But anchored by a phenomenal Denzel Washington performance at the center. I really like this yeah. movie a lot. I just watched it again like two days ago. I don't know if you saw that on my letterbox. But, but do you not feel like that editing is trying to kill somebody? No, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like, it doesn't bother me, but if you say it bothers you, I get it, because it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and that, but that's the thing that is a, like, Tony Scott-ism. He's done that in a couple other of his movies, but I feel like it's just, it's a little overdone in Man on Fire, but the movie itself is just such a solid movie, uh, and it's just very intense, and, like, I'm a huge Denzel fan, too, so... Yeah, got to give you props for Man on Fire. That's on my honorable man. Chris Hurtado. What, what do you got that can possibly beat Troy? That's what I want to know. I, I'm dead serious on it. It's my favorite in the franchise. It's Resident Evil Apocalypse. Um, <laughs> Whoa! It's the o- it's, I think it's the only one in the franchise that's not directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Um, yeah. And not to discredit him, because the first movie and I think the third one are also phenomenal in the franchise, but two is the one he doesn't direct. And it is the most true to the video game series. It takes place um, in Raccoon City. Uh, I think it is pound by pound close enough to an adaptation to Resident Evil 2 and 3. Um, you get Jill Valentine in it. You get Carlos Oliveira in it. Um, it just it is. A, you also get Nemesis as well. It just it has a lot of homages to the video game. I think more than the first one does. It's not as horror as the first, but it's more action packed. The action is really good. Some of the CGI is very dated, but I remember watching that movie so many times growing up, and I still watch it from time to time when it's streaming. I just love Resident Evil Apocalypse so much. And the ending is a little confusing, but it makes sense if you keep going with the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Hot takes from Chris Hurtado today. That's like the only, that's like the only Resident Evil movie that I have a tough time getting through. Really? (laughs) Yeah. And I, it was at one point my favorite because of all the reasons that you said, like I grew up a huge fan of the video games and I even read the book, the book, there's a book series by SD Perry. I had every single book and I was obsessed with it, but that movie is just like, it, it just hasn't aged well for me. Huh? Yeah, See, but, it's uh, a move. It's such a movie I could just lay back and watch and know, like, scene by scene, what it is, and I still enjoy watching those scenes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, Maybe that's I'm fair. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have you any other way. So, mm-hmm. random, random number generator. Let's get rid of some shit. Oh, uh, we don't do that yet. We can just start with the normal eliminations. So, Mitch, you can just eliminate uh, one of these movies. I have a feeling I know what you're going to eliminate. It's probably going to be a Chris Hurtado pick. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's going to be Resident Evil Two. It's got to go. <laughs> like, it, I cannot believe. Troy isn't the first to go. (laughs) (laughs) These are foundational movies for me, mind you. Like, uh, yeah, no, that's fine, man. I have lots of bad movies that were foundational for me as well. So I get it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I get the next elimination. I'm not going to worry about Troy because I don't think there's any hope for it anyway. So I'm not going to worry about that. I do not care for the village. Uh, and it's not because I'm mad about the twist. It's not because I wish it was a horror movie and it's not. I just, I don't think it's very good. I don't think it's very interesting. I think, uh, and, and all due respect to my girl, Bryce Dallas Howard, because Lord knows she is my girl. But um, like, I, I don't think Joaquin Phoenix is very good in this movie, which is rare for him. And Adrian Brody, I legitimately think this is one of the worst performances ever in a studio picture in like film history. It's one of the worst, most embarrassing things I've ever seen in my life. Yikes. Calm it down there, bucko. Seriously. Bro, you, you watched Hubie <laughs> Halloween this week. <laughs> is that a, I don't know, are Netflix movies like a studio picture? Like that's basically like a straight it, to streaming sort of thing. They got two movies now for best pictures in their three movies. Here's the thing. If Adrian Brody is doing this in Hubie Halloween, I'm like, whatever, it's all good. He's doing yeah. this in The Village? It does it's beyond doesn't work okay so, yeah i can i can understand that it's yeah it's it's unsettling but i can i can understand where you're coming from moving on who's next chris hurtado gets to take a movie out oh god uh, i shouldn't have shit talked him so hard just go ahead and take troy out dude i mean you know it's the right thing to do those other three movies are awesome yikes <laughs> Uh, that is. I sound hard. like such a controlling bastard right there. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, welcome to the terror table. That's how I sound every week. <laughs> Let's see. So we still have Shot of the Dead, Spider Man Two. What are the? What else do we have? Troy, Troy. and Man on Fire. Oh, man, I do like Man on Fire. I'm. I would do the honorable thing. I'll take Troy out, but that doesn't excuse me from champing that movie every single day of my life. I love that movie to death. I love the ending. And it breaks my heart, even knowing as somebody who studied history, especially in ancient history, when um, the Greeks brought the Trojan horse into Troy, I was always rooting for the Trojans, even till this day. And um, yeah, it always breaks my heart, but it's such a great scene. And it has Brian Cox in it. And yeah. I fucking love Brian Cox uh, when he yeah, plays Menelaus. Awesome. That's yeah, probably and- the scene where it turned me to him sexually, too. Like, I thought, I was like, man, that's a, <laughs> that's a good looking guy with a great voice. Brian Cox? Brian Cox, man. There's all these gorgeous men in that movie, and you're going with Brian Cox. Chris will not shut up about Brian Cox, not a day of his life. Oh, Brian Cox is great. But yeah, and that's also, I, I should shout out, though, that that's the movie that I learned about the Achilles heel. Oh. And uh, that would come back to haunt me in the days of Hostel and, you know, horror movies. I learned <laughs> about the Achilles heel in House of Wax. <laughs> yes. Yeah. See, <laughs> yeah, I'd seen Troy before that, but yeah, I see what you mean. I just really quick, I love the part where Brian Cox goes like, history remembers kings, not soldiers. Oh, God. And I just love that scene where he just gives that whole speech about kings and warriors. Oh, sorry. I love Troy. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) So the final elimination goes to Mitch Oliver. (sighs) He's going to do the right thing. Yeah, well, that's the problem is, no, I'm not going to do the, if, I don't know if you think this is the right thing, man on fire. No, that's the right thing. You're absolutely right. Okay. Yeah, this is a year where we're all in consensus. We already know because it deserves it, and it, yeah. it should really. Yeah, these should be the top two: Spider-Man Two and Shaun of the Dead. I think that's correct. Yeah, I believe there's a hero in all of us that keeps us honest, gives us strength, makes us noble, and finally allows us to die with pride. Even though sometimes we have to be steady and and give up the thing we want the most. Even our dreams. 
Spider-Man did that for Henry, and he wonders where he's gone. He needs him. <laughs> okay, so Spider-Man 2, by unanimous vote, wins Best Picture for 2004, as it should be, absolutely as it should be. I love the scene where he talks about Otto Octavius talks to his wife um, about like how they met and stuff, and he quotes the poetry. I love that scene so much. I just love the whole movie. That too, yeah. <laughs> I have to say, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock, still my favorite comic book movie villain. Dude, he's going to be the new Spider-Man. It's going to be the most... Um, what did Tom Holland call it? Actually, Tom Holland just denied all these older Spider-Man actors are going to be in it. So I, I, oh. I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh. I think, what did he say about this new Spider-Man? It's going to be I like, don't want to worry about Tom Holland right now, honestly. I'm trying <laughs> no. to think about Spider-Man 2. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all right. Honorable mentions. Chris. Um, I had The Village. Harry Potter, Prisoner of Azkaban. Alfonso Cuaron, my favorite in the, the series, which I haven't finished, but it's my, still my favorite. Shaun of the Dead. King Arthur. Loki is amazing. Uh, Spider-Man 2. I've see that and I never have. It's great. Not good. It has, not, yeah, it's not great. good. <laughs> okay. Not it's, good. It's, 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 it's good. worse than Troy. It's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, uh, Spider-Man 2, Van Helsing, Incredibles, Shrek 2, Yu-Gi-Oh! The first movie. Yes. Yes, King. So I also had The Incredibles and, of course, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I had Kill Bill Volume 2, which is my preferred Kill Bill movie, and, and it almost got nominated, but uh, got beat out by Tony Scott. Uh, Van Helsing, which I, I definitely championed. It's such a fun movie. National Treasure. Loved it as a kid. Still love it to this day. Such a fun Nicolas Cage adventure movie. And, okay, I feel like we should pause to talk about this movie because I was sure Mitch was going to nominate it because I thought you just watched it. Michael Mann's Collateral. Yeah, that's my Probably first note. That's my first honorable mention. Yeah, probably should have been nominated. That is a great movie and one of my favorite Tom Cruise performances. Yeah, I'm a huge Tom Cruise stand too, so it's it's hard for me to pick, but like he is just so good in that movie. Jamie Foxx is so good. Just the way that movie was shot, I think it's one of Michael Mann's best movies right next to Heat. Uh, so yeah, I love Collateral. Just rewatch it, like you said, great movie. Awesome. Is it my turn? Your turn, man. So Clyde Collateral, and then also Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Alfonso Cuaron. That's my favorite of the whole franchise as well. Mm -hmm. The difference is I've seen that franchise. I watch it twice a year. <laughs> like, Sweet, it's respect. A, but love Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake. Uh, I think that Hell movie yeah. doesn't get, that movie deserves the love that it gets. Man on Fire, uh, Anaconda 2, Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Fuck yeah. Mean Creek, I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's a, it's a, it was, I think it was the first movie that I ever saw that I knew was a film from Sundance, uh, but I saw when it came out. It's a very, it's just an independent movie with the the main character from Eurotrip. I can't remember his name, uh, but it also stars a young. Who's the? I feel like Chris is going to be the one who knows this. What's his name? Josh Peck. Josh Peck from uh, Robert Drake Sweet, and Josh. Yes, there you go. He plays a, a little kid in that movie. Rory Culkin's in it as well. It's a really oh, a great kid. That eh? <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's a great movie about bullying and uh, yeah, it's phenomenal. Uh, the Perfect Score is one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies that's just bad. Like, it's just a ripoff of American Pie and everything, all those other teen movies. Uh, it's a long-running, ongoing joke with my friend group that we, there was a couple days there where we just watched The Perfect Score on repeat. And it's like, it's not a good movie. Like, it's, it's So I don't know why we did that. But uh, Saved with Mandy Moore, tons of fun. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but I think both of you would really like Saved. Uh, it's a movie set around a religious school and uh, yeah, it's just, it's great. It's a dark comedy, teen comedy. I think both of you guys will really like saved. 
okay. Hotel Hotel Rwanda. I haven't seen since the year it came out in 2004. Uh, but that movie oh, rocked gosh. me. Yeah, yeah it terrified. It terrified me. It rocked me. I was just petrified. I was I was crying. It was, it was awesome. Like mm-hmm. just a really strong movie. Uh, Kill Bill Volume Two. Also love that one. Van Helsing. I already shared my love with Daniel about that one. Uh, Ladder 49, a movie that I think doesn't get enough attention, but Joaquin Phoenix and John yeah. Travolta saving people from fires. What more do you want? Is, oh, have you not seen Ladder 49? That's no, totally but it sounds so up my alley. It's pretty good. That's a Daniel Epler movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Joaquin it's, Phoenix actually like tr- like try to certify himself to be a firefighter for that movie. <laughs> yep. It's it's probably one of his most like just him being a normal human too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. he re- rarely does that. Uh, but last but not least, Team America World, please. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Love that movie. All right, so 2005, uh, a fantastic year for movies, I think. There's a lot of stuff I really love, but it's uh, it's a bit of an infamous year in terms of Oscars because Crash won Best Picture. Not the David Cronenberg car sex movie that Chris mentioned a little <laughs> bit ago. Uh, an anthology against racism, I guess. It's a movie that I've never cared to check out a lot of people seem to think it's one of the worst best picture wins mitch have you seen this one i have seen it and when uh when it first came out i didn't understand how bad it was uh because i was just too young i would have been 15 years old then uh but looking back on this year this is specifically the worst year in terms of an oscar winner uh because every other nominee was significantly better than crash and also crash is like it's one of those movies that could define what a oscar bait movie is like Mm -hmm. crash is exactly that and even the directors talked he's kind of talked himself in a corner before about how he knew it would get him some recognition uh it's just it felt it's very um inauthentic i didn't i didn't feel like it actually there's a lot of movies that do exactly what crash does but a million times better that didn't win best oscar best picture Sure. Well, well like, I, I've Capote, got Capote was voted this year. Fucking Brokeback Mountain, which I just watched for the first time today, was nominated like that. It... OK, sorry. Continue. We'll, we'll get to it. No worries. Yeah. We'll get to it. Uh, so I've got two movies that I'm very passionate to nominate and uh, I'll just go first. My first one is a movie that I watched specifically because of this episode. And I'm so glad I finally checked it out. It is David Cronenberg's A History of Violence which is an unbelievably mm-hmm. intense thriller, absolute masterclass of intensity with amazing performances led by uh, Viggo Mortensen. It is just incredible on every single level. I love a history of violence so much. And that was a first time watch. It was a first time watch. Yeah. I've, I've long stayed away from Cronenberg's non horror stuff, but I'm recently getting into that stuff now. Cause I've, I'm basically a completionist with his 70s, 80s stuff, but I'm finally getting into his more modern stuff. Now. Oh, dude, his his modern stuff is fucking amazing. But History of Violence is the one that like really kicked it off. And like, yeah, that was a huge movie for me the year that it came out. That's one of the ones I've probably seen the most out of any movies we're talking about today is History of Violence. It's just such a solid movie. Uh, wait, was that you on uh, on Letterboxd who was talking about like the sex scene? Yes. Nope. Oh, yeah. what I said was I've never seen there's two sex scenes in this movie. And I said, I've never seen sex scenes do so much to further plot and character before mm-hmm. than in this movie. Both of them are so important and so yeah. well done. Such, such an intense sex scene. Like one of the most intense sex scenes I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not even saying that as a toxic piece of shit. It's just, it's, it's a really good sex scene, meaningful, passionate. Yeah. And that's the second one. But the first one, like it does so much to make you care about their relationship. 
just oh, because yeah. of like how much you can tell they love each other and that's yeah totally and it that's, just shows oh god i could talk about history of violence for days <laughs> no that's kidding. a movie i watched too young and that's actually my first cronenberg movie and i stumbled upon it only because i was such a stan of vigo Mortensen. and when i watched it, i didn't know what i was getting into and when i did i've only watched it once and even in that one watch it still has always stuck by my mind um that's such a good movie i'm glad you finally watched it too yeah yeah it's a great movie absolutely uh but chris Hurtado, what have you got for a second pick this is a movie I, I championed drunkenly and I still will soberly on my live stream. And it's 2005 Peter Jackson's King Kong. That is a foundation movie for me. It means the world to me. Um, I just recently watched the 33 Godzilla just to compare it. And I'm pretty, I, I mean, I remember watching the Godzilla the 33 05. King Kong. 33 Kong, yeah. Um, I remember watching the hell the DVD I got for Christmas for that movie and Peter Jackson just gushing about the original and how he cried and how that meant to him. And now finally watching that original one, I can see where he came from with that because he makes almost a pound for pound faithful adaptation of that. And the acting in the movie is incredible. The effects are great. Um, Andy Circus does the Kong um, animation for it. I just I just love 2005 King Kong so much. It's actually one of my most watched movies growing up, which is weird because it's a three-hour movie or so. But I remember having friends over on weekends to spend the night, and when we wake up in the morning, I'd always throw in King Kong early in the morning so we could get it through the end, and it wouldn't be too late in the day. Epic movie. Good mm-hmm. pick. A movie that doesn't get a, doesn't get the love that it actually deserves because so many people just want to... It's become popular to turn on Peter Jackson, and uh, yeah. like especially like after the Hobbit movies. But the thing is, like, this was still when he was, you know, breaking some ground. I thought like King Kong was a solid movie. I think it was a little bit too long for myself, but it was, I know what yeah. you mean. He can't escape the runtime problem, but the, yeah. for me, I just love that movie and that story. And yeah, just, yeah, it's, uh, I remember even seeing it in theaters. Like my dad, like took me to go see it in the winter time when it came out in our cheap theater. And I was wearing my winter clothes. We were sweating our balls off because it was so hot in the theater and we had our winter coats on. It was such a long movie, but like, I still loved it and I still cried at the end of it. It also terrifies me still with a few scenes. Yeah. Just for the record, I am team Kong. Want to see my King come out on top, dude. So you're the, uh, like, you're the only one I know. And I'm the, <laughs> I'm the same, I'm the same way, but only, only because of how much better Skull, Skull Island is than both of the recent Godzilla movies. That's it's the only so reason. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, totally. I love I love Godzilla, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm a big King Kong fan, and especially yeah, like this movie was great. Kong Skull Island, I like even more. Uh, so it's just yeah, I'm totally with you, Daniel. Yeah, my yeah. favorite movie overall from those two franchises that I've seen at least because I've seen all those Godzilla movies is uh, is the 1933 King Kong. I love yeah. that movie so much, but Kong Skull Island as well is awesome. And I really like this Peter Jackson one too. It's not one I watch very much because it is three hours long, but it is a, it is a pretty terrific movie for sure. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Uh, okay. So this is a year that is pretty much hot takes for me, <laughs> but I am going to say, I want see, I'm wanting to use this as the year where I can show some love for some movies that I don't think get the love that they deserve. And uh, at the top of that list is Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds. Oh, nice. Yeah, see, and this is a movie that a lot of people wrote off just because they don't like Tom Cruise or they just, you know, went into it. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you could not look at this movie. It's just it's actually scary and it's just intense. It's brutal. It's bloody. And uh, it's Spielberg's darkest movie. It's it's awesome. I love this movie. I love when Tom Cruise 
and his son put on Boston Red Sox and Yankee hats and throw pitches that are so aggressive towards each other. I remember yeah. doing that with my dad. <laughs> yeah, you're like, fuck you, dad. I saw this movie in theaters and really, really liked it and everything. But I just recently did a – well, not not recently. It was last year. Did a Cobwebs episode on the 1950s War of the Worlds. And I wanted to rewatch this movie to also prepare for that episode. And it was like in the heart of when COVID was really ramping up. And there were a lot of other like controversies that were turning violent around the country. And the the apocalyptic sequences in this movie are so realistic and so intense that I literally got halfway through the movie and it was like stressing me out too much. This is not the time to watch this movie right now. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I'm happy you can say that, that it's because it was effective because like especially that Tim Robbins scene is just so yeah. intense. And uh, it's one of the, you know, this was before The Walking Dead when they were showing the whole, uh, yeah, and I know lots of other films had done this before, but I'm talking about like really recent mainstream media. This was one of the first experiences I had with the humans being scarier than the aliens. Uh, so, yeah, but I thought uh, he kept very true to the story in a lot of senses, and I thought it was, I, I, I love it. I love that movie. Uh, so War of the Worlds, that's my pick. Good deal. Uh, so for yeah. my second pick, look, there are some franchise movies and some comic book movies from this year that I really love. But I, I am going to go with a movie that I also just recently watched as I was preparing for this. And Mitch just mentioned it. It is Brokeback Mountain, uh, which really just vastly exceeded all of my expectations. Uh, you know, it's it's a movie that that there are some uh, some assholes who sort of make fun of by just calling it the gay cowboy movie. But my God, it is so much better than that. It is such it is such a great time spanning drama it, it is a beautiful romance about people it is it has an unfucking believable heath ledger performance yeah like like honestly i know we all kind of doubted him in 2008 when he got cast as the joker but if we'd all seen brokeback mountain first like we would know that that guy is capable of anything because i think his performance in this movie is unbelievable um and and the cinematography is stunningly beautiful uh, I, it just, it just kind of blew me away. And I thought it was, it was just as good as this reputation. Really, really love Brokeback Mountain. Still yeah. haven't seen it, but today was to. like right before we started recording, I finished watching that for the first time, like 20 minutes before we started recording. And that movie fucking rocked me. Uh, such, such a great movie just to echo everything that Daniel just said. Um, but what I loved about it so much is like the reason I didn't see it when it first came out is because I was never really into romance films. Like I like the odd romantic comedy and everything like that. But like when the movie came out, it just wasn't my bag, like slow drama romances. Uh, but now it's like, that's become like one of my favorite genres. Like I, I, there's tons of movies I could pull from that, that I just love. But I think Brokeback Mountain does, does it better than so many of the modern classics. Like I think about The Notebook, which I know I'm a, like everyone thinks, oh, you're a 30 year old dude. Of course, you didn't like The Notebook. But it's just like, no, I didn't like The Notebook because I didn't buy their romance. I, yeah, I thought I they the hate they hated each other the entire movie. And I didn't understand how the entire world was blowing their mind, having their minds blown over this movie. I totally get in uh, Brokeback Mountain. And I think, like you said, Heath Ledger was incredible. It sucks because. Gyllenhaal is such a phenomenal actor too, but he totally takes second fiddle to that movie by no fault of his own. It's just Heath Ledger is just that much better than he is. And uh, just the, and that's not even to knock the movie or Gyllenhaal at all. It's just it's it's a really powerful movie with a really strong, strong ending. Like I just I just I really, really loved it. I'm still processing it right now. So great movie. Yeah, that's the, a, 
Sorry, go ahead, Chris. Uh, I was going to say, that's a movie where I people like in school, I, I went to public school growing up and that's a movie where a lot of public school people were like trashing because of the the headliners of it being a homosexual film. And I never bothered me, but I never watched it because I always thought this is a movie for adults. This is a movie that I'll like as a, an adult. And I still haven't like seen Cold it Cold Mountain. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, kind of of that vein. But I always, in my mind, have thought Cold or uh, Brokeback Mountain's a movie like I have to wait to watch when I'm mature and appreciate it because I've always heard it's really good, but a lot of degenerates always just knock it. So yeah, those are just idiots. Like it, it's actually it, it's a phenomenal movie. So I'm so it's happy. It's an Ang Lee film, and I've seen yep. things from him that I've really liked. So like Hulk? second nominated on this list. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Wait, what was the first one that he did? Crouching Tiger. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, whose turn is it now? Is it my? It's Chris's turn, isn't it's it? It's a me. Uh, I'm gonna be full. I've been drinking, but I'm. I, I can't be any more honest. But the Devil's Rejects has to be nominated for this movie. It is Holy one of the. Shit. I knew one, it. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's one of the best movies in the last twenty years, in my opinion. Bill Mosley is one of the best performances of the last twenty years, in my opinion. Rob Zombie. This is his best movie um, in, a, in, in a filmography that I think is pretty touted. Like it is to me, it is a fr- it's a filmography that's unapologetic. It's phenomenal. I think it's one of the great modern horror movies. Um, yeah, it doesn't work for everyone because of its content. But because the content is so strong, it's so masterfully done by only Rob Zombie. Um, also has Sid Haig and Sid Haig delivers probably his best performance. Sherry Moon Zombie as well. The Firefly trilogy. It's just. This movie is everything to me. It is is one of my all-time favorites in terms of the horror genre. And, and yeah, I stand by it. Bill Bosley is phenomenal. He's otherworldly in this movie. Rob Zombie captured lightning in a bottle with this. And I think only now are people appreciating it more as a mainstream thing. I've always felt like it had cult status, but I feel like now more and more people are like, yes, this movie is phenomenal. Yeah. Well, I think what's happened is that so many people have seen like his other works by now, so they know that they're like, okay, this is by far the best thing he's ever done. Because that dude sucks at making movies. It's my third favorite Rob Zombie movie, actually. <laughs> Whoa! I, see, it's easily my favorite Rob Zombie movie. I think Devil's Rejects is great as well. So before we get too carried away, Chris, uh, it's in my honorable mentions, which I take a lot of flack for. Everyone knows I don't like Rob Zombie. Uh, but I do think that Devil's Rejects <laughs> is a very strong movie. And I think that that's if there's ever any movie that he pulled off what he was trying to go for, it's Devil's Rejects. I also like Lords of Salem. So... No yeah, one likes Lord that. Yeah, Lord's Same was great. Like, yeah, and like here's the one. thing. I was going to nominate House of a Thousand Corpses too, but like that's a movie that has grown less on me as the more, as time goes by, but there's still such amazing scenes in that. But for me, Devil's Rejects is still a movie where everything will always work yeah. for me. And like you said, Bill Mosley's uh, one-liners in that movie, like his dialogue is just incredible in that movie. It, it's insane. Like normally I don't know not a Rob Zombie any... strong point. What's that? Dialogue normally not a Rob Zombie strong point. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Which I can he admit, even though ca- I'm a Rob Zombie fan, yeah. he found he found a character where it suits it and where it works. And Bill Mosley, you can't find a better guy to pull off lines like that than Bill Mosley. It's much better than you know Laurie Strode's fucking or what? No, sorry, it's not even. I, I don't even know whoever's talking about skull fucking their daughter in Halloween. Okay, let Let's me just continue. say that line is in the extended cut, <sighs> yeah. not in the theatrical cut, and the theatrical cut is much better. Yep, I okay. second that. And yeah, and I love that Halloween movie now too, and that the theatrical's better. We're gonna be here all night if we continue this conversation. <laughs> Let's uh, not. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so it's my pick then? It's your pick, man. My second pick is going to be a comedy, a dark comedy that I'm really hoping you guys have seen, because uh, this is one of my dark horses that I have no idea if it's going to be voted out first round, uh, but that is Jason Reitman's Thank You for Smoking. Uh, so oh. this is like the best possible example for what you could use for Aaron Eckhart being a wasted talent, uh, because he is so good <laughs> in this movie. He is so good. But he has done so many bad things, and it's because he doesn't have the material to work with. And I, I'm even talking. What are you laughing at? I'm just thinking about I Frankenstein. That's oh yeah, exactly, right <laughs> exactly. But even I honestly think that he, if if there are there are flaws with the Dark Knight, he's one of the main ones. I think his his performance as uh, Two Face. I just don't buy it. I didn't love it. But I think he is cast perfectly in Thank You for Smoking. It also features Katie Holmes. And uh, it's, it's a movie about, about a man who is a, he's a represent, representative for Big Tobacco. And he's going out and he has to, he, he's trying to prove that smoking isn't so bad for people. And he's trying to buy, get people to buy cigarettes. He's trying to get kids onto cigarettes. And uh, it's a dark comedy that's incredibly smart. And it's a uh, it last it I have such a long lasting experience with the movie. It just it's it's hilarious. I I love it. So I highly recommend checking it out. Have either of you guys seen it? I don't know this movie at all. Like oh. maybe I've heard the Reitman. title once, oh. but dude, yeah, you put this at the very top of your guys's list for things, especially Daniel. I think you'll really like this one. But it's it's just a phenomenal comedy. Uh, but I love. Thank you for smoking. And I would be more than. I would be elated if it won best picture this year. I know it's not going to, uh, but I think it honestly would deserve it. It's an awesome movie. It sounds good. I, I want to check it out now. It kind of, it sounds like it would be a good double feature with uh, an Alexander Payne movie called Citizen Ruth. Have you seen yep. that? Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I love Alexander Payne stuff too. And it's, it's totally very much in line with that kind of, that kind of uh, comedy. Right on. Sounds good, man. Okay. So I've got first elimination. Shoot. Uh, you know what? Because thank you for smoking. Even though it's the only movie on this list that I haven't seen, it does sound really good. I'm not going to kick it out. I'm going to give it its chance. Uh, I'm going to take out the devil's rejects because it is my third favorite Rob Zombie movie. So it's not, it's not one of my absolute favorites. So I'm going to take that out. Hit us with the that's, first two. Hit us with the first disgusting. two. Uh, Lords that's of Salem. Disgusting. Number one, Halloween two is number two. Okay. Yeah, I respect yeah, and see, I, I, there's a lot of things disgusting. I like about Halloween too. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I, truly, I clearly like surreal, trippy Rob Zombie best. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Just like so, that, one of the best movies in the last 20 years. Is I'm gone. sorry, That's man. <laughs> like, uh, Chris Rattata, you get the next, uh, next, next uh, takeout. See, I was so sure one of my two was going to make it all the way, but now one of them's gone, so I don't even know what you guys were listing. I just kept thinking, man, one of these two is going to make it. Um... Mitch, what was your first one? War of the Worlds. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. You see, I like Jason Reitman, but he's a little hit or miss for me at times. And Thank You for Smoking would have to be the one I have to eliminate just because I haven't seen it. And he's a director that's hit or miss for me, though. I will say it's his best movie, but respect. Oh, Understood. wow. Did you see Tully? I really liked Tully. Yeah, Tully's great. Tully's great, but Thank You for Smoking is better. Like, it's okay. it's so good. It's so good. And the... Uh, what is the one um, up in the up air? In the up in the air. Up in, up in the, the air. air. Up in the air. Yeah. Oh yeah. man! If you like up in the air, you are in for such a treat. With thank you for smoking. Well, shit. I, I want to watch. Gonna I'm go, dead sad. Shit. I'm going to watch that movie. Yeah. Hell yeah! Let me know what you think. Oh, um, for sure. 
All right, so thank you. For, all right, so what we have left is War of the Worlds, Brokeback Mountain, History of Violence, and King Kong. God, I like all this these movies. This is tough. Yeah, this is a strong list. I hate to have to do it, but King Kong. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's just I I really really love uh, the other three a lot. King all Kong right. out before War of the Worlds sucks. <laughs> I like War of the Worlds more than King Kong, but I know wow, just me saying awesome. just me saying that you're gonna fucking eliminate it right now. <laughs> All right, so the person who gets to eliminate one more movie is Mitch Oliver. No. Can I pass it to someone? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Oh man, it's okay. Your responsibility. Well, I, uh, I got to do what's right. Uh, wait, have so both of you have? Okay, both of you have seen War of the Worlds. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta do what's right. I gotta get rid of War of the Worlds. Oh wow! Wow! All I'm, right. I'm taking an L on this one. Yeah. Fuck. The L was taking out King Kong, but jumped on your own grenade, man. I had to. Real quick though, the scene in War of the Worlds that always sticks with me is when they're oh. in like that little cellar scene, and like the guy who's in there is like talking to Dakota Fanning. That scene is still for me like, what the fuck? Wait, is a card laid? A card played? Can I take it back? <laughs> Because I'm just thinking that Chris hasn't seen Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> whatever. Uh, all right, I'm whatever. Happy. We've I'm got History of Violence it. versus Brokeback Mountain. Uh, okay, you know what? It was a really hard pick for me, but they dropped their votes first, so. Sure. Give me some coffee. Make it black. Yes, sir. Joey. History of Violence wins Best Picture, which I love. This was what I definitely wanted to happen. This movie is amazing. It is, is a perfect thriller, in my opinion. You guys yeah. are going to regret like not going back and rewatching King Kong from 05. That is one of the best movies of the decade. And I'm not <laughs> kidding you. Like, you got to regret it. Everyone here likes that movie, dude. We all yeah. like that. <laughs> it doesn't compare to the Cowboys at Brokeback Mountain, so you should watch that movie. <laughs> it's like... Maybe if like you see Kong's dick or ass, maybe it'll sell it more for you Chris guys. Chris is like, Brokeback Mountain's a Western. I don't like Westerns. Yeah, like <laughs> History of Violence versus King Kong, I would have been happy with. I'm not going to lie, but. Sorry, buddy. Well, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. History of Violence won, so you're good. Well, I wanted King Kong to go up there. I thought maybe sway some votes. <laughs> All right, so. It's because Adrian Brody's in it. That's why, of course. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Not my boy. I much prefer Tom Hiddleston and Kong Skull Island, not going to lie. Yeah, no, I'll agree with that. I actually, I'm not a huge Adrian Brody fan either, especially action Adrian Brody. That's the worst. In Predators, he is I fucking awful in that movie. Only Predator movie I haven't seen still. Oh, it's, it's still well, decent. Watch it for it's Danny decent. Trejo. Yeah, that movie's decent. But I'm going right. to watch it for Topher Grace. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Forgot about that. All right, honorable mentions, Chris? Oh, hell yeah. Oh God. Okay. Um, Squid and the Whale from Noah Baumbach. Um, it's one of his better best movies. It was nominated. I believe it did win a best original screenplay. Um, I love the movie, but not enough between those first two I nominated. Uh, but Corpse Bride, Sky High, I had History of Violence, The Descent, The Pacifier with Vin Diesel is fucking amazing. So go watch that. Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were Rabbit, and Kingdom of Heaven from Ridley Scott. Mitch didn't nominate The Descent. I'm shocked. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's because I knew that you wouldn't let it happen. I knew that it was a wasted vote. <laughs> Descent is not my jam. I've seen it yeah. twice. I want to love it. Can't I just insane no, there? It, I, I insane get it. opinion. 
No, but I was more so laughing about how we have had so many conversations about the pacifier on <laughs> the terror table in the last like six months. The pacifier is amazing, guy. How I does love it compare to the tooth fairy with the rock? Wait, uh, haven't Vin Diesel haven't seen that one. I haven't either. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, what about what about Jackie Chan and the Spy Next Door? That's also a good. Okay, Daniel, what are your okay, what are your so honorable mentions? Very clearly, my top two honorable mentions are comic book movie V for Vendetta, which I literally saw in 2020 for the first time, and is Ooh. so good. I it blew me away. I love V for Vendetta, and then I I absolutely adore Star Wars Three: Revenge of the Sith. I know there are some prequel haters out there, but Revenge of the Sith is a top five Star Wars movie for me, and I like every Star Wars movie. Uh, and then I really love Batman Begins, Fantastic Four. Yes, I do love Fantastic Four 2005, House of Wax, Sky High, and I, I do love The Pride of Prejudice with Keira Knightley. That's a really good movie. All right. Uh, I have Brokeback Mountain, Batman Begins, uh, which my favorite Batman movie as well, out of the Nolan trilogy. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, History of Violence, uh, so happy at one <laughs> hard candy, uh, the descent Lords of Dogtown, Jarhead Jarhead's a really solid movie that a lot of people haven't given a chance, but Jake Gyllenhaal, awesome performance house of wax. Love that movie. So much fun. Uh, exorcism, exorcism of Emily Rose is an episode we have coming up. Nice. Actually. I think this is this, I think this movie, this episode's going to come out right after it, but, uh, we have an episode recorded on exorcism of Emily Rose and uh, yeah, I really enjoy that movie. I put The Devil's Rejects on my honorable mentions, even as a Rob Zombie, like as a guy who is vocally not a Rob Zombie guy. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Shane Black. It's a great crime thriller comedy. It's awesome if you're into, you know, any any crime or noir or thrillers. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang's great. V for Vendetta and Capote with Philip Seymour Hoffman. I need to see Capote so bad. That's one of the really good. I need to check out. Yeah. I watched it again in preparation for this, and I still felt that I uh, was going to give War of the Worlds and thank you for smoking a nod. But Capote's great. Cool, cool. I'm so glad I didn't say Squid and the Whale is my one of my picks because I couldn't have it losing to War of the Worlds. I just, my heart could not take that. <laughs> Squid and the Whale is a great movie. It is. Oh, oh, good. Okay, somebody likes yeah. it. Okay, good. Never mind. No, I can die. I, I love Noah Baumbach. He's I love great. the part where the kid rubs his jizz all over the the library books because i'm like, like i remember doing that growing up yeah you love any time a kid rubs his jizz anywhere <laughs> no <laughs> oh it's back so to in 2006 2006 is an exciting year because martin scorsese finally gets his best picture trophy uh for the departed some people say it was kind of an apology oscar for not getting it for goodfellas but some people say the departed is is scorsese's best movie so i'm curious where you guys land i have a feeling we don't need to talk about it yet mitch do you need to talk about it now well i don't know i don't know if you guys are going to going to nominate it but i i didn't but i love that movie like i i do love the departed and i think it it Right, that, that I was happy when it won Best Picture in 2006, but uh, I definitely don't think it's better than than Goodfellas. But it's still, I think the movie take. I think Departed actually. I was I forgot that it won the Oscar because so many people shit on that movie, and I, I don't understand. It's I such didn't know a that phenomenal shit movie. On that movie. Oh god, yeah. around my parts, people hate the Departed, or they. It's like become a like a hot thing to not like the Departed, and I don't get it. It is such a good movie. I think Interesting. It's 
I think it, for me, it's never worked as much because it's Irish mafia and I've never found Irish mafia movies very interesting, but it's still a good movie. Like Jack Nicholson knocks that movie out of the park. And everyone does, man. Leo's so good in it. That's a movie that it doesn't matter how many times I've seen it. I know it's a longer movie, but it mm-hmm. feels like 20 minutes when I watch it. Like it just flies by because it's such great storytelling, such solid acting. I mm-hmm. love The Departed. And uh, it was hard for me to not put it on here, but I decided to give mention to a couple others that uh, got snubbed. When I first saw The Departed, I waited the entire movie for Jack Nicholson to say, you can't handle the truth. And he <laughs> never said it. And then later I found out that's from A Few Good Men. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you're like fucking, what, 11 years late? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Um, so 2006, uh, Chris Rotato, you get first pick for this one. Oh, shit. Let me look at my list real quick. Okay. Oh. So the first movie I have to nominate is um fuck this it's a movie i saw i haven't rewatched recently but it's a movie when i first watched it i watched with my mom really loved it and then i watched it again with myself again still really liked it i don't talk about it enough because i feel like it does get enough love um but i'll just talk about it because it has to be nominated it's pants labyrinth from guillermo del toro it's thank god it's a it's it's a movie i don't champion that much because i feel like everyone loves this movie um and i think it is his best in in a, in a filmography where I think he has a lot of strong candidates for that. But yeah, uh, Pan's Labyrinth. It's also foreign film. I respect that, that he keeps it all in subtitled. So I think objectively Pan's Labyrinth is probably the best movie of the year, but I really wanted to give notice to two other movies. So I'm so glad someone else nominated it. Okay. Yeah, it was, it, was my, it was my number one pick too. Okay. Pan's Labyrinth. It's one of my all time favorite movies. Love Guillermo del Toro. And that yeah. is his best movie. It's See, phenomenal. The 2000s was such a formative year for me with movies and like watching with my mom who loves movies as much as me. And like when I watched Pan's Labyrinth, I was one scared, but two proud of my heritage. And then three, like she loved the movie too. So it was validated in liking that movie. Also the frog in the fucking tree is still a weird scene that I love because it's so imaginative. My, one of my favorite pieces of art that I have in my entire house, it's in our living room is a Pan's Labyrinth uh, artwork by Vance Kelly. It's phenomenal. I'll send you a picture nice. after it's please, it's please. hanging right above our couch. <laughs> I, I, I have love a Pan's Labyrinth T-shirt. So there. And it is a cool Hell T-shirt. Yeah. too. <laughs> and you're wearing a Halloween shirt and a Jaws hat. So I've been rocking a chub this whole Dude, episode. This is a Fright Rags hat. And I just recently got it and I love it so much. Oh, yeah, that's super. That's such a nice hat. Hell Real yeah. quick. I want to. Flex on the minimalist collectors, but I have the Guillermo del Toro trilogy on Criterion that's out of print, and I paid only thirty bucks for it. Just want to throw that. That out is there. a flex. So what the trilogy? Which what does that include? Because I got Chronos, Pan's Labyrinth, Devil's Backbone, yep. and Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. See, I have I the only one I don't have on Criterion is Pan's Labyrinth because I have a different one, and I should have fucking bought in the Pan's Labyrinth one because I I just want all the special features. Right, it's such right. a great movie. I love Guillermo. I know we're. Everyone loves Guillermo, but I love Guillermo. He is one of those directors mm-hmm. like we don't appreciate enough in his fandom and his taste. It's yeah. You know, Chris, like a, did you know that you can access uh, erotic fan fiction about Guillermo del Toro and Mitch Oliver? Did you know that this is a thing? I did know this thing. It's on the <laughs> Terratable feed, my guy. <laughs> what? Like, yeah. I don't have to pay money for this? Like, this nope. is all given to me free? What? It's co- not a Patreon couple... exclusive. No, yeah, we had a couple uh, listeners messaging erotic fan fiction of me and Guillermo del Toro because I would, <laughs> I would suck every inch of that man. <laughs> Love Guillermo. 
Uh, you see, personally, in in the in we're living in a golden age of Mexican cinema, and um, I think Guillermo's technically the best because he's in wards. But I personally love Alfonso's work a little bit more because it's personal for me. But like Guillermo del Toro, like he's put in Mexican filmmaking on the map. I think because of these fables, and like yeah, I, I can't. I'm indebted to him. His film film work is amazing. Yeah, I'm sorry to derail this so so hard right now. But have you watched Tigers Are Not Afraid yet? Yes, I have. I think that, yeah. that movie's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I gave it four it's out of five Lopez. stars. It's yeah, it's a uh, it's a great movie. I'm to glad me, it, it's. It feels oh, like uh, it feels like Guillermo del Toro directing City of God. Yes, that's a good. That's a really, really, really good way to compare it. And I know Lopez, who directed it, she credited del Toro as one of her um, influences for it. Hell yeah, awesome. Okay, well, Pan's Labyrinth. Let's move on. Mitch Oliver, you got the next pick. Okay, uh, my next pick is Spike Lee's Inside Man. Yes! One of my favorite heist movies. Yeah, I love this movie. Denzel Washington, Clive Owen, such a badass movie. And uh, definitely one of my favorite Spike Lee joints out of all of them. Yeah, this is one I actually watched specifically uh, doing research for this episode. And it wasn't one of the top two that I picked, but it was so close. So I'm so glad you nominated it. It is incredible. Um, I, you know what's weird? I, you know, I've always been very aware of Denzel Washington, always liked him, but I feel like this is the year where I'm really like finally becoming a big, big fan of Denzel Washington. A lot of that had to do with watching a lot of Tony Scott movies, honestly, but he's great in this movie and the filmmaking is beautiful. And, and you know what? Christopher Plummer, RIP. Yeah. He's great in this film. Yeah, totally agree. I was going to say, it's about time we get a lot more Spike Lee love in this, in this podcast. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Yeah, that's my first pick, or Daniel. Okay, so maybe, I don't know if it's my personal favorite, but it might be the best movie in this incredibly long-running film franchise. I am picking Casino Royale, uh, Daniel Craig's debut as James Bond. It is kind of an origin story for James Bond a little bit, but but not to the point where like you have to wait the whole movie for him to become James Bond because it is an unbelievably badass James Bond movie the whole way through. It has maybe the best action scenes in the entire franchise. Uh, it's directed by Martin Campbell, who also made GoldenEye. So he launched both Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig and did it brilliantly both times. I love everything about Casino Royale. And it's a rare time where, you know, there's a lot of cool Bond girls but this is one of those times where you really deeply emotionally care about the romance. And Eva Green is definitely probably my second favorite Bond girl. She is, she's next awesome. to this great. next to Halle Berry and die another day. No, <laughs> next to um, on her majesty's secret service with Diane Rigg. Oh yeah. 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 No, I, I totally agree. Casino Royale is my favorite Bond film. Yeah. It's a great choice. It's a phenomenal movie. I love Casino Royale so much. I'm a big Bond guy. I, I know Chris is, is back there kind of staying away from the mic. He's not a big James Bond guy, but I love that franchise. My favorite Bond is El the Matador with Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Chris and I have a long joke about El, the Matador because it's at every pawn shop in America. If you go to oh, any yeah. pawn shop, the Matador is there. It's actually just like the, Two VHS cassette of uh, Titanic. It's everywhere. <laughs> if Rest you see peace. the Matador, if you see the Blue Matador Blu-ray, if you see it at a pawn shop, you're obligated to buy it. No matter how many times you own it, you're obligated to buy it each time. Thank God, God I haven't ran into it since. But <laughs> all right, Chris, what's your next pick? Uh dude. Um, there's some really good picks in this uh, this year. Um, but I gotta say, true. 
I, I don't know like where you guys stand with this movie. I personally really love this movie. I've heard like it's overrated, but I also hear it's really great. It's Clive Owen and in Halfonso Cuarón's Children of Men. Um, it's a dystopian sci-fi. Oh, is not two thousand six? You sure? Yeah, it's Clive Owen two thousand six is Inside Man. Yeah. Are you sure so, he's not in Children of Men? No, he is in Children of Men. It's from two thousand seven though. Oh really? It says two thousand six. Oh, December 25th, 2006. I think it's because it was in the 2007 Oscars. I got it mixed up. God damn it. Okay, carry on. I double checked. Chris is correct. Chris is correct. Yeah, and I have the Blu-ray. And I checked. I was pretty sure it's 2006. Either yeah, way. I... <laughs> either way. It's a dystopian sci-fi movie that I watched pretty much in like my high school years. And it's still... I, I still really enjoy it. It's dystopian as fuck. It has an interesting premise. Uh, I think Julianne Moore kills it in this movie. I personally love this movie a lot. There's maybe 15 shots in the entire movie. Like, uh, I, so just a heads up. I, I thought this was 2007. So it was actually my second pick for 2007. Uh, Children of Men. Love it. It's such a great movie. But it's like one of the most brilliantly shot films I've ever seen. It's a movie with action set pieces that I remember fondly. I remember um, just thinking it was really crazy and creepy that nobody could have kids. And, you know, just this fight for the future. I don't know. I love sci-fi. Soapy sci-fi is also very much a passion of mine. I don't know. Children of Men is kind of like accumulation of a lot of those things. Dude, I'm just going to say, Chris, these <clears throat> this year, 2006, marks by far the best Chris Hurtado picks. <laughs> <laughs> Pan's Labyrinth and Children of Men those are two like fucking five out of five movies wait till you see my top honorable mention the one that could have possibly overtaken it but I didn't want to get it eliminated because my heart couldn't take it but yeah these are two my turn it's your turn I was going to say if, no, if you <laughs> so, guys don't pick either of these movies you're racist to Hispanics also So okay well I'm, I'm sorry but uh, this is going to have to be the time where I show love to a guy that I know isn't loved with these other two podcasters but Probably my favorite Christopher Nolan movie, The Prestige. I I am not a Christopher Nolan hater. I just don't think he's God's gift to cinema. That's all. Like a lot of other people <laughs> do. But I I always see new Christopher Nolan movies. I like a lot of Christopher Nolan movies. Uh, I'm I'm not a hater. It's all. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've seen one that's actually like really blown me away and connected with me. Actually, Inception too, actually. is the last one. Inception. Me is too. The actually. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't liked anything that he's done since. I, I think Inception seen... is a masterpiece, but we'll get to that in the next episode. Agreed. <laughs> I haven't seen The Prestige. I've oh, been damn. recommended to it plenty of times. It's it really good, man. It's really good. It if you like magic. Yeah, you seem like a guy who likes magic. <laughs> I like The Illusionist with uh, Edward Norton. That's the same year. No, it's the same year, too. And I remember when it first came out, I was working at a video star when the prestige and the illusionist came out and i actually preferred the illusionist and uh it was I've over yeah the illusionist is really good it's really good I thought... but i like prestige totally more. agree yeah, yeah. The illusionist. i good. thought the prestige was ripping off the illusionist for a long time <laughs> very different movies yeah very different but they're they're both very good but uh the prestige is just like it's one of those ones that i i frequently watch and every time i watch it i see something new and uh it's probably my favorite christopher nolan film I'm I'm really excited about this because this means I've seen every single movie uh, nominated. I think this is the first year where this has happened. Me, me too. <laughs> but now for well, you don't know yet because I haven't made my last nomination. Uh, so my last it's nomination, Borat. It, it is not. <laughs> I've actually that was never seen a Borat movie. 
Whoa, <laughs> don't, Daniel, dude, you, don't you, watch you're them. only you're only hurting yourself. No, I know. Don't watch I know. Them. I'm don't living watch a them. sad, sad life. Okay, so the, my last pick goes out to my boy Matt Bledsoe from the Film Feast podcast. He actually texted me and he was like, he, he was like, can I pay you to like rig this thing for you to nominate this movie? And I was like, no need, my guy. I was just going to nominate it anyway. I am nominating. This is, the, this is the last movie I watched preparing for this. Michael Mann's Miami Vice. Oh, so wow. I, I literally, I just watched this movie and uh, I just think it is so much fun. It is so entertaining it's so easy to watch. It's like it's a it's a crime thriller. It's a two and a half hour crime thriller. And it's taken very seriously, like mm-hmm. dead serious. But it's just still such fun pulp. And the really the main thing that connects me to it is I love uh, Colin Farrell's performance in this. Like it's weird because he's giving this weird inconsistent accent because he's this Irish guy trying to be kind of a southern good old boy. But um, he's just unbelievably cool and charming and likable. And I love Colin Farrell in this movie. And it, and on a technical level, it's such like an interestingly made movie. It's really well done. And it's got cool action sequences. I, I just liked Miami Vice a lot. I thought it was so much fun. I need to watch it again. I haven't seen it since the theater. And obviously, I've now nominated, what, two Michael Mann movies. Like, I'm a huge Michael Mann fan. Uh, but Miami Vice was one that it, it didn't connect with me when I saw it when I was 16 years old. So I, I need to watch it again, admittedly. But I went into it because, A, Michael Mann, B, I love Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx. They're both badasses. And the soundtrack. They did the cover yeah, of yeah, Phil yeah. Collins in there. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I need to watch it again. But I don't know what's scary. Whether I'm in a t- group of guys who've seen a lot of Michael Mann films and actually like them. Or two, that Mitch and I watched Miami Vice when we were both 16. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> that is a little weird. Yeah. yeah. I love but, Jamie Foxx in Miami Vice. It's not one of my favorite Michael Mann movies, but um, I'm glad you watched it, though, Daniel, because it's like it makes me kind of want to rewatch it. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It's no, that's one of those be Michael on... Mann movies I kind of ignore, but yeah, that, I can bring it up. That's now happening tomorrow. That's my day tomorrow. I'm watching Miami Vice. <laughs> you're going to have fun, dude. Even if you don't think it's that great, like you're going to have a good time. Oh, I, I love Michael Manchin. And like like you said, uh, like Colin Farrell is one of those guys who like he is either even when I do believe he has been very bad in movies, even when he's very bad, I enjoy it because <laughs> he's so campy. Like, even, I guess this isn't a bad. This isn't him being bad, but Daredevil like him as Bullseye. Was fucking oh, awesome. shit. Like, That's that was right. epic. <laughs> oh, I never miss. He's in a different movie than everyone else in that <laughs> oh, movie. Oh, <laughs> dude. Ev- everybody in that movie is in a different movie. That's so true. But that, that was also around the time where Colin Farrell filmed the sex tape. <gasps> I, I just had a shaved head. Oh, yeah. yeah just Pornhub.com, Colin Farrell. Check it out. <laughs> yeah, that's, my favorite decent... movie that, that's my favorite movie that year, too. That, that the, porno. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a little troublesome because he's very aggressive, uh, but he's a handsome man, nice dick. Moving on. It's <laughs> in my top three favorite celebrity pornos with him and that the Bruce Willis porno and the Hulk Hogan porno. Oh man, have you not seen the Vern Troyer porno? No. What? No. <laughs> it's out there, bro. Fuck yeah, dude. It's out there. Anything's <laughs> better than the. Anything's also better my... than One Night in Paris. <laughs> Most boring porno ever. 
One of my favorite um, parody pornos is the the Pirates um, 2, Stag Daddy's Revenge, which is a ripoff of the Pirates of the Caribbean. I respect that because of the production values okay. are actually pretty good. In I, I'm sorry that we have to do this right now, and I'm sorry. Uh, but have either of you guys seen the Spider-Man porno? No. Thank God. Okay, Thank dude, God, you, got, you guys have to see it. It's actually hilarious. Electro's the villain, and when he jizzes <laughs> on people, he electrocutes them. <laughs> And there, there's an upside down blowjob, like the Kristen Dunst, Tobey Maguire kiss. <laughs> yeah, I watched that whole one with my ex. It was very weird. You know what's funny, Daniel? You'll love this. The the Pirates two, I think it's called like Spaghetti or Stignetti's Revenge. One of those two is what it's called. It was at the reason I watched it because it was a it was at family video and it had the sticker for the must be eighteen to rent. And I actually didn't know it was a softcore porno. But I rented it because I thought it was like a, a pirates ripoff. Of Wait, was, was it just called? Was it just called Pirates though? Because that's not softcore at all. It was called Pirates Two. Oh, because it's I'm... a sequel. I, I didn't see the first one, but okay, yeah. I rented it. It's a softcore porno. In 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 later years, I realized it's a it's a porno because I recognize some names. Janet well, Jameson. Just... Oh wait, yeah, I no, don't know dude, that that's Pirates. That's Pirates. Oh, Jenna Jameson. Yeah. Either way, it said must be eighteen to rent, and it was in like the the general audience rentals. Section. Oh yeah, dude. it wasn't behind I, closed doors or anything. I work. I worked at a video store that didn't have a back room. Uh, I worked at oh. a bit one that did have a back room, but yeah. So like, Pirates was out there, and Femalian. Femalian two was like maybe the first sci-fi film I ever saw. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it sounds awesome. But yeah. I watched this Pirates movie, and I'm like, oh sweet, a ripoff, bogus Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And I saw some 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 sacks and some tits, and I was like, this this isn't Disney's Pirates movie, but I'm gonna keep watching either way. And yeah, big fan. All right. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> I love that. That was so great. That was a great conversation. <laughs> okay, so you know what? Our, our boy Chris Hurtado, he gets the first elimination out of these six. This is a strong, this is a strong list, I gotta say. I'm proud of this. So yeah, who nominated this... Pirates again? <laughs> that was 2003, dude. Oh. <laughs> okay, so we got Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth, Inside Man, Casino Royale, Children of Men, The Prestige, and Miami Vice. I have. Oh God. We know what the winner is, but I have to eliminate Casino Royale because I haven't seen it, and I'm not a Bond guy, and I don't feel inclined to be a Bond guy, so I have to eliminate it. It's you okay, should be Chris. a Bond guy. Yeah, you don't. You don't need to be an everybody guy, but give <laughs> Casino Royale a chance. The most recent, like in terms of years of release, Bond movies I've seen is a Pierce Brosnan one, and I think it's Die Another Day. Who hurt you? Chris, if I you uh, I didn't grow up in like a, an environment where Bond movies were pushed on me. To like, I really wasn't. If anything, Austin Powers was pushed on me more than. Bond. Oh hell yeah! I, and see, I would I would take Austin Powers over any Bond movie. Oh, you <laughs> I, I, monster! You absolute I, monster! I, I'm a, I'm a Bond fan, but I still am bigger Austin Powers fan. Love <laughs> my dad movies. is a Bond guy, and he took me to see Casino Royale in the theater, and that memory is burned into my brain because that was a great experience. Chris, did you know? I, I'm sorry for Terror Table listeners. This might mean. <laughs> You. But our mutual friend <laughs> Seth Garrett, who was on your podcast, uh, his favorite action movie of all time is Casino Royale. So you should see that movie. Oh, I didn't know if that was his all time favorite, but I've known him to talk about that a lot. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. Bond is a weird one. I don't trash it, but like it's not something I feel inclined to watch it. Well, this I, I, I think you you might feel overwhelmed by the amount of Bond movies are, and just know you don't need to watch them all. Just start with one, see if you like it. Start with the Daniel Craig series because there's... See, I like 
I like the '90s Pierce Brosnan Two ones. I, ones. I, I even had a I had a video game for 007, Die Another Day. Yeah, Die Another Day is by far the worst out of all oh. of the Bond movies, but it's also <laughs> not the super worst fun. For me. Really? Uh, yeah, I like. I want to know what's worse than Die Another Day. I think Diamonds Are Forever is worse, oh. and You Only Live Twice might be worse. I really oh. dislike You Only Live Twice. Because that was the while. point where, like, Sean Connery is literally sleeping through those movies. Yeah, yeah. But then you, oh my God, just uh, all you got to do after we're done this, just look up the Die Another Day Madonna song. And you'll be suck it. But the thing about Die Another Day is it has Rosamund Pike, and oh my yes. God, she's gorgeous in that movie. Yeah. And she's just an awesome actress. Oh, yeah, I love Rosamund Pike. Wait till we get to Gone Girl in the next episode. <laughs> all right. So, uh, <laughs> Chris took out one. Who's next to, for taking one out? Uh, you, it's Mitch. You. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, Matt Bledsoe and <laughs> and Daniel Miami Vice, just because it's the least fresh. And this is a hard list to pick from for me. There are some movies. There's some movies that I really love in, in these remaining four. I love all of these two, movies. Yeah. In 2000s, Michael Mann movies, it's it's not one I always will die for, you know, like the few of the other ones. All right, Daniel, which one are you getting rid of? So, um, murder you. You can go ahead and murder me. That's fine. I am going to eliminate the prestige. So the the thing with the prestige is, uh, it's good. It is a good movie. I do think it's overrated because the twist is so unbelievably obvious from minute one. And inexplicably people act like it's this brilliant twist that shocks everyone. And I'm like, well, I know what Christian Bale looks like, so that's clearly Christian Bale, so I clearly know what's going on. But I, I cannot understand how people think that's some kind of shocking, surprising twist. But, but, then you have, but then you have the Michael Caine performance where first you have the prestige, then you have the double prestige, then you have the loop-de-loop prestige. Real quick, can you imagine a crazier triple feature of one actor than Hugh Jackman with Van Helsing, The Prestige, and The Greatest Showman? What a crazy triple feature that would yeah. be. Well, that's because Hugh Jackman has range sweet. that no one has respect for, and that's, <laughs> that's a crime. Hugh Jackman is a national treasure, and we'll get to that next episode. Wait, right does on, The Prestige right have on. some sort of like big twist or something? I thought it was just a magician well, movie. People pretend that it... That I, I, I agree with Daniel. What's funny is that I love that movie, but I agree with you. But it's just the fact that it's just so like it's one of those movies where it's like, you know, when your favorite color is blue and it calms you, the colors of the of the prestige just calm me and the environment. I love it. I love the setting. I love the set decoration. I love the performances. I love magic. Magic is something that I really enjoy. So like I, I, I totally understand its flaws and why some people wouldn't connect with it fully uh, or have the, the opinion that you just shared, Daniel, that I don't disagree with. Uh, but I, I do think it's a great movie. Huh. I totally respect that. Yeah. It Nolan is, probably... is a filmography I haven't actually like dove into intensely at all. And I well, do think I... you should. Yeah, and I, I knew not to mention Nolan shit on here because I know you guys both have a hard on for hating on his stuff. But it's funny I because I know no, I, I and the reason I'm saying that is because I take heat for the same thing. I love a lot of Nolan movies, but he has some shit that just really has done nothing for me. 
Yeah, he and does it's too. all been reasoned. Oh, I don't have hate for Nolan. My only thing is I wasn't going to theaters to see his movies when they were coming out, mostly because I didn't know they were coming out. So for me now yeah. to catch up, I feel like I've missed this wave of Nolan love. And I'm just like, I, I haven't seen it. So I don't know what to feel about it. Chris, I do absolutely from the bottom of my heart beg you to watch Inception before our next episode. Oh, my God. If you haven't watched Inception yet, <laughs> Chris, please, for the love I of haven't. fucking God, you need to. If there's one Nolan movie you have to watch, it's Inception just Tenet, for the next episode. I said it on Twitter. Tenet is my first Nolan movie I've seen in theaters. Oh, my like, God. I'm God. so sorry. I'm so sorry. I like Tenet. It was fun. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I just I, I, I think I need to watch it again before I really form an opinion. But like I was not into it. But also there's a pandemic things? going on and I was in a theater. So I'm yeah, the idiot. Yeah. One of my favorite things besides <laughs> the casting for that movie was the Travis Scott mo- song that came out of that movie. I fucking oh, love that yeah. song. Well, dude, yeah, and Sean Avery. Scott. Yeah, Sean Avery, hockey player. He's in it. It's fucking there's, there's a couple <laughs> really high. Robert Pattinson's. OK, dude, this is going so far off the rails. Let's continue. Sorry. OK, so we've got three heavy hitters left. Guillermo del Toro's Paints Labyrinth, Spike Lee's Inside Man. And Alfonso Cuarón's Children of Men. One more person gets to eliminate a movie, and that person is Chris Hurtado. Thank God I can't do it. What do you want? He's going to get rid of mine. I would have gotten rid of mine, too. Okay, here's the thing I want to clarify for everyone who's listening, who's ever heard my voice for the first time. I fucking absolutely love Spike Lee's filmography. And Inside Man, I haven't even finished. Um, I've watched parts of it. That's insanity. It's insanity. Uh, um, it, it, it's not because like I was bored or anything. It just, I've never like, I, I think when the, I watched it when I was in community college and like, I just, I forgot why I had to turn it off and I never went back to finish it. But Jodie Foster's performance was pretty compelling when I was watching it. Um, and I love Clive Owen. So, um, but yeah, I have to take it off because the other two directors are just phenomenal. Like I love these two directors just a little bit more than Spike Lee in a filmography of his that I think is pretty impeccable. See, I respect that. This is the hardest year. This has got to be the hardest year for me personally. Yeah. For me, this vote now, Mike, is extremely easy. Well, out of these two, it, it's easy for me, but it's still going to suck to say goodbye to one. All right, let's vote. Yeah, 2000 Spike Lee's a little different, but like it hits differently. It's still good. Asesino. <laughs> I think it, I, I think this one should get the movie of the decade. I do think objectively Pan's Labyrinth is the best movie of this year, and it did win Best Picture in our fantasy Oscars at least, and I'm very happy about that. Pan's Labyrinth is brilliant. Pan's yeah, Lab- you know what's weird? I said like we're living in a golden age of Mexican directors, but um, Alejandro Izaratu is a director's work that I don't really seem to gel with, which is pretty interesting. Alejandro Inaratu? Like Birdman? Inaratu. Yeah, Birdman I didn't care for. Amores Perros, I don't care for very much either. The Revenant. Um, I really like The Revenant. And The and Revenant, the... I fell asleep during, too. I, I didn't I didn't care for The Revenant just because it had it was, like, so hyped up for me and everything. I think I got to give it another watch. But, like, Birdman to me is a five out of five oh. perfect movie. See, Revenant but... was a movie I thought Tom Hardy stole the show over Leo. And I fell asleep halfway through that movie, but even the parts he was in, I was like, yeah, he's really good in that. I remember, I remember, yeah, totally. I agree with that. But I remember when uh, Leo won for The Revenant, I was like, this is one of those times where he is like, he's getting his just desserts because he fucking didn't win all these other times where he should have won. But if you watch Amores Perros, 
um, which was, I think, a 2000, 2001 movie. It has um, um, Gael Garcia, who was also in Yee Mama Tambien. It's, a, it's probably one of his best, but like I also don't care for it as much. It's a weird sounds, one for me. Sounds delicious. You know, hey, <laughs> hang on. We should be talking about Pan's Labyrinth and how yep. much Mitch McConnell looks like that monster with the weird mouth. Oh, my God. So yeah, true. the fucking pale man. Yeah, it's <laughs> so true. <laughs> Oh man, so Pan, true. Pan's Labyrinth to me though, it's it's the movie of the decade here for me. Like just saying that right away, like that's it's the one that had like the biggest impact on me probably just because it was just so powerful, it's so gorgeous to look at, it's so intense. The violence affected me more than maybe any movie in this decade. Uh I just I adore Pan's Labyrinth and it's my favorite Guillermo del Toro movie and out of like, you know, and The Devil's Backbone isn't far behind. Uh I just I love the man's work. Even though I don't love Shape of Water, like I know a lot of people do, it's fine. But like, <laughs> I'm with you there, Mitch. Yeah, but have you guys seen Chronos? Yeah, I love Chronos. Chronos yeah, if is you like awesome. vampire movies, Chronos is a weird take on the vampire genre. Chronos could be a cool cobwebs episode. It could be. It, it's it, not... We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Probably with Chris, honestly. Also, also so, Ron Perlman as a Hispanic man in that movie. I don't know why they <laughs> thought it was a good idea, but it works somehow. <laughs> well, your boy, your boy Ridley Scott did it like tenfold in Exodus, which we'll get That's... to next next decade. <laughs> oh, okay. I feel I'm like we just spent that. like at least an hour on 2006. <laughs> we we did we did we did we got to we got to move on. So let's. Uh, I'm gonna read my honorable mentions, and we'll move on from here. Uh, my good. honorable mentions are the Hills Have Eyes remake by Alexander Aja. I think it's one of the best horror remakes out there. It's visceral. Nice. It's brutal. It's intense. Um, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny was a huge movie for me. I think the movie's hilarious. I love the soundtrack. What? Yeah, it was it was hard not to vote for that one and knowing that it was in this year. But we just saw why I didn't vote for it. Jackass 2, even funnier than Jackass 1. Please, everybody watch Jackass. Those movies are amazing. Chris, what are you giving me that look for? Do you like the grandpa, too? Like, grandpa? I love that grandpa. Oh, my that, God. It's Move so on. funny. Man. Man, it's Back so on track, funny. boys. Wrong decade. Bad, bad grandpa's so funny. And then my last one is Borat. <laughs> oh, God. Borat is the comedy event of the decade here. Borat was the comedy event of the decade. have different types of comedy. Oh, Man, God. are you kidding? Have you seen Borat? Yes, I can't. Oh, God. Okay. We'll get to my favorite comedy of the decade in a couple of years here. All right, so real quick, my honorable mentions. Yes, I share with Mitch in the Hills Have Eyes remake. I think it's amazing. Uh, James Gunn's Slither. Uh, Talladega Nights, which honestly is one of the funniest Will Ferrell comedies. I really enjoy Talladega Nights. Uh, Hatchet by Adam Green. Really fun slasher movie. And a, another romance movie, one with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, The Lake House. I really enjoy what? <laughs> I've never oh. heard someone who likes that movie. So the I, I Lake actually, House. Which, yeah, dude. Lake House. I really like the Lake House. That's I super do. funny because I like when I was working at a video store. That was one of the movies that got returned constantly because <laughs> people were just like so bored by it. That was such a me movie for my boys and I. I'm not gonna lie. Dude, at one point, Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock slow dance to Paul McCartney, and it's just fantastic. It's worth oh, the yeah. price of admission. I love all three of those people. Beatles, so. <laughs> My honorable mentions real quick, uh, Apocalyptico, or Apocalypto, excuse me, from Mel Gibson, phenomenal movie, Flushed Away, She's the Man, Little Miss Sunshine was my She's honorable the mention. She's the man? What the Honorable fuck, mention number Chris? one was Little Miss Sunshine, Superman Returns, X-Men Less Stand, and Pirates uh, 2, Dead Man's Chest. Okay, so Pirates 2 is the only one that you have any <laughs> God. 
and even that's a bad movie. <laughs> you got to like up. Dead Man's Chest. That's actually I love it. No, I love it, but watched of the Pirates trilogy. Yeah, I would I would agree because I'm a sea guy. Like I like ocean monsters and sea monsters. So it's it oh my god, man. She's the man what? <laughs> I love soccer and that movie's all about <laughs> soccer and it has comedy in it, and Amanda Bynes during that time was untouchable in my opinion. No, Hillary Duff over Amanda Bynes every single day really? of the week. Really? Every day of the week. Oh, every I, single day. I love Hillary Duff, but Amanda Bynes and the Amanda Bynes show was low-key my shit. Also, oh. girls uh what a girl wants with Amanda Bynes with Colin Firth <laughs> is actually fucking lit. I'm all right, Nobody so knows. yeah, we're we're gonna try and wrap this up a little bit quicker because we spent way too much time on 2006. But uh, let's move <laughs> on to 2007. So Daniel, so, who who won in 2000? What movie won in 2007? So the Coen Brothers, No Country for Old Men, won in 2007. And I no more conversation about the movie for now because we will talk about it later. I can guarantee. Uh, so Mitch Oliver, you get the first pick for 2007. <sighs> All right, my first pick is my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie out of all of his films, and that is There Will Be Blood. Daniel Day-Lewis, There Will Be Blood. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, so I needed to give it some representation here. And I'm happy Chris is dancing to this. Fuck yeah, I, w- dude, I wish people could see Chris's dance. Sounds good. This was this was, 2007 was a big uh, Oscar year because of the battle of like the two western movies about masculinity when one of them was there will be blood and the other one was my first nomination no country for old men which i very much love this was an oscar year where like it's just embedded in my mind just as much as 2003 with uh return of the king um and both those movies are fantastic but my first uh nominee has to be um trick or treat the anthology horror movie um, that was my honorable mention if it wasn't going to make the list because those first two movies are phenomenal, but yeah, trick or treat. Good pick. Oh, I'm so glad you did that. Cause trick or treat was my next nomination, but there was another movie that was so close, <sighs> but now I don't have that. Di- I don't have that difficult decision. I can nominate. <laughs> this was a, movie. this was a year where we turned it around in terms of like our, my movie love, where it's like pretentious movies and like that shit, you know? Yeah. 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 And here's where, okay, so I'm not going to nominate Before the Devil Knows You're Dead because I know neither of you guys have seen it, but that is needs to be on your guys' list because that was my second pick here. Um, I'm going to go with a, you know what? No, fuck it. Fuck it, Hot Rod. Oh. Hot Rod. Hot Rod is a hilarious, it's a hilarious movie, and I, I get that it's going up against There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men. <laughs> Uh, but I got to give it some representation because that movie is hilarious. And I know that both of you guys probably saw my tweets this week. And I know Daniel was messaging me about it. But I watched Popstar three times this week, this uh, weekend. And I do love Popstar a little bit more. It's finally it's edged its way a little bit above Hot Rod for me. But Hot Rod is still an incredible comedy. And it was like one of the most quoted movies among my friends and I when it came out. I will never forget. You look pretty. What? Oh, I said you look shitty. Yeah. Oh, man. So that means it is my pick next. Uh, so I'm going to pick my personal, to this day, my favorite Pixar movie, Ratatouille. Ooh, nice. that's a great pick. I've never Same. heard someone say that. That's their, Oh, that's your both of your guys' favorites? Yeah, that's my number one yeah. Pixar, too. Well, I, oh, my God. I'm gonna, yeah, Recently, it's a great Great movie. Great Recently, movie. Recently, when Daniel and I saw each other at his uh, parents' house, um, he put it on, and I couldn't have been happier. It's like... Yeah, I especially like maybe my favorite scene in all of Pixar 
is the montage to that French song, which I, I can't tell you what the title of it is, but oh, I the love feasting. that song and they're cooking to that montage and and uh Laguini is falling in love with that with that a female chef who is like one of the most attractive animated characters to me. Like Camila. I'll stand that girl to the oh, day I die. Princess and, Jasmine. Uh, <laughs> I love that montage. It's a great it's movie. Le Feastin, and it's perfect. I cook, yeah. I play it all the time when I cook. But yeah, I'm so glad oh. you know. <laughs> Chris, what's your last pick for 2007? My last pick for 2007 in a year that's so good. This is one of my favorite movies. It's um, Ellen Page, Michael Sarah, and Juno. Um, I love this coming of age movie about teenage pregnancy. Um, it has Jason Bateman in it as well, and J.K. Simmons. I love this movie. I wasn't allowed to watch it at first when it came out because of the teenage pregnancy thing. But um, once I did get to watch it, I love it. Absolutely. All right. So let's get to eliminations. All right, Mitch, you got the first elimination. Oh, God. Okay, Juno. Sorry. I don't like <laughs> Juno either. I'm glad. Yeah, you did it. I'm, I'm not a Juno fan, um, but I respect that you love it. That's totally cool. It's just not a movie for me. Uh, and also the rest of this list is heavy hitters for me. So if that means anything. I, res- I, I, I eliminated your Jason Reitman. You can eliminate mine. That's fine. All right. All right. And for my elimination, you know, Mitch, I think you knew what was coming. I am eliminating Hot Rod. Really loved it back in the day. Uh, I've not seen it in many, many years. I do want to rewatch it because I feel like I feel like now there's this great trilogy of Andy Samberg comedies with Hot Rod, Popstar and uh, Palm Springs. So yeah. I, need, I, I need to watch Hot Rod again for sure. I've been jonesing to do that lately, but um, it is the one I'm eliminating out of these. Fair. Chris, do the right thing, buddy. <laughs> oh god i'm trying to think ratatouille there will be blood no country old man as much as it pains me trick-or-treat has to go just because the other nominee movies are just movies i absolutely love just a slightly a little bit more than um trick-or-treat which i think is one of the best anthology movies ever made it absolutely yeah. is i love trick-or-treat i watch it every halloween night it makes mm-hmm. me so happy every single mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. yeah i, I went and- to the universal horror nights and they had a trick-or-treat maze and it was phenomenal it was so cool so jealous i went the year after that and it has a brian cox um segment it's perfect (laughs) a great brian cox segment jesus christ sorry (laughs) all right and the final elimination goes to chris hurtado (laughs) there will be blood no country for old men and ratatouille chris (sighs) it would come to me um I, i really care about this year I do too. This was a, this, like, again, this was the year where it made me like think about like hardcore cinema and like director works and stuff. Um, but where I'm at now in my life, no country has to go. Yes. Yes. And I got to say me. in 2007, in the battle between there will be blood and new country, I was always team. No country. That and, is my horse. And See, for I me, have, there, go ahead. Yep, Mitch, go. Mitch. I, I'm, no, I'm with you entirely. Chris, I know where you're going. I am all, all in on There Will Be Blood Over No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men is a great movie. It is really good, but I honestly do not think that it compares to There Will Be Blood. And this conversation, this debate happens all the time, and mm-hmm. it is always mm-hmm. No Country for Old Men beating out There Will Be Blood. And the people that I know, like everyone's like, what are you talking about? No Country is so much better. In my mind, There Will Be Blood is the clear-cut winner. Uh, that being said, No Country for Old Men is a great movie, but I, I love the fact that we're choosing between Ratatouille and there will be Oh, sad to see No Country go. My boys, the Coen brothers. I think it was clear from that last episode. I love them. 
Um, but they got their due in real life, so that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Here's the thing about um, real quick, no cuts for old men. That ending is still an ending in a movie where I think about like that's a perfect way to end that kind of movie. Like that's a perfect ending. Yeah. Great. So now yes. we're choosing between There Will Be Blood and Ratatouille. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Don't bully me. Uh, I'm gonna be the dissenting vote for Ratatouille, but There Will Be Blood wins yep. Best Picture. Love Ooh. it. There Will Be Blood is really good. I don't want to put off like I don't like it because I do really like it. Yeah, it's such a great movie. That that's a movie that when I saw the trailer for it, I was like. Talk about a movie I couldn't give less of a fuck about. <laughs> there will be blood. And I was like, but it's P.T. Anderson. I love everything that that guy's ever done. I need to see it. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. And I, see, I stand my, by that. My dad showed me that movie as a library movie rental. And he loved it. And I loved it, too. So ever since that day, I've always watched it and thought like, oh, this movie's perfect. And it, I think it's a little bit to my dad showing it to yeah. me phenomenal movie i'm happy it could get its due here sorry daniel no it's okay it's okay but ratatouille uh, is pixar's best movie let's not get this mistaken though my favorite's monsters inc but i do really love ratatouille that would be in my top three or five at least sounds good uh so 2008 is when danny boyle won wait 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 wait, wait 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 oh honorable honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah, my bad, quick. My bad, dude. i'll go quick daniel. i already said before the devil knows you're dead Eastern Promises is a movie that I was going to nominate, but I saw that Daniel didn't love it as much as I do, so I knew just right away to not get not get it in there. But it's still good. I, it's a good movie. I choose Eastern Promises over History of Violence, honestly. Like that's how much I love that movie. I think Eastern Promises is a phenomenal, phenomenal film. Uh, not to say that History of Violence isn't, but it's the one that really, really got to me out of the two. Um, love that movie. Uh, the Lookout with Jason, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jeff Daniels. It's just a really great heist movie. Highly recommend it. The Mist is one of my favorite modern horror movies. I love the ending. I know I was talking to a couple friends today who hate it. And uh, I love the ending of The Mist. I think it's perfect. Hot Fuzz, Trick or Treat, Super Bad, which is a movie that got a little bit talked down on the episode with Daniel and Matt Bledsoe talking about comedies. I think you guys are crazy and you don't realize, like, it's, for example, I grew up with Super Bad. Like, those were the yep. people that I was in high school with. It yeah. was just, and it, it it stuck around for me. I still think it's hilarious till this day. I think it's one of the funniest mm -hmm. movies ever made. Mm -hmm. And it it's just, it's one of those movies that's been so heavily quoted and people mm -hmm. know it so well that I think it's like it needs to rest for a little bit before people can really give it the love it deserves. And my last honorable mention is a movie that I love that a lot of people don't is Alpha Dog with uh, Emil Hirsch, uh, Justin Timberlake, Anton Yelchin. I love that movie. It's just a really, really solid um, sort of gangster uh, cautionary tale, a teen cautionary tale. I love that movie. If you haven't seen it, you got to see it. That's my cool. those are all my honorable mentions. Uh, so I've only got one that nobody's no, nobody's mentioned yet, so I'll just mention it. It is, in my opinion, the 2000s successor to The Princess Bride. It is Stardust. I love Stardust. It is a fantasy movie. Uh, romantic adventure in the best possible way. I just think it's so much fun. Stardust? I've never heard of this. This sounds great. It's really great. It's starring Charlie Cox, who is uh, Daredevil from the Netflix yeah. show. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, Did yeah and Robert De Niro. Did you say it's a sequel to Bride no, Princess Bride? No, I just said that it, it is a Princess Bride-like movie, but no, it is not oh. a sequel. Oh, okay. Nice. I need to check that out. 
Uh, but real quick though, mom needs a puby salad and I need some Sathone dressing is all I'm fucking saying about super bad. I yeah. love that fucking quote. <laughs> and, and Dave Franco's in it too. And he's like, what the fuck, dude? We're down 2-1. It's fucking soccer. Calm down. It's soccer. <laughs> yeah. I, I love super bad, but Booksmart has overtaken that movie. Um, let's see. No. Honorable mentions. 28 weeks later, Halloween from Rob Zombie. Wreck. Um, oh, so the Mist. Hot Fuzz, Norbit with um, uh, Eddie Murphy. He plays three characters. That's impressive. Norbit. Um, Charlie Bartlett with the late Anton Yelchin. Ocean's 13, Margot the Wedding, underrated Noah Baumbach film, and Dewey Cox Walk Hard. Oh, my God, man. I just watched Dewey Cox again the other night. It's one of, I cannot believe that's not on my list. I that's one of my favorite movies. I forgot to listen Walk Hard. Yeah, so good, so good. Oh, God, I love Walk Hard. Like, I watch Walk Hard and uh, Popstar in the same day, and I that's just straight Ooh. joy straight joy and laughter. I, that's oh, a blessed God. double right there, actually. Oh, man. God damn. Yeah, I love Walk Hard. Wrong kid, dad. <laughs> Moving <laughs> okay. on, 2008. So 2008, no, this is when Danny Norbit. Boyle won Best Picture in Real Life with Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, but let's see if Slumdog Millionaire gets mentioned again. So looks like I've got first pick. Um, what would probably be my first pick? I'm going to hold off because I will be shocked if Mitch does not nominate it. So he's probably going to handle that. I'm going to nominate what is my personal favorite comedy of this decade. It is one of the most rewatchable movies ever made for me. It is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I love this movie with all of my heart. I can watch it anytime. It will always make me happy. I love forgetting Sarah Marshall. Hell yeah. Great movie. Were you by chance though, were you talking about two comedies? No. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm gonna mention what you think I'm gonna mention, but oh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. That's okay. I'll nominate it next. It's all good. Who's next? Hey, uh, I don't yes. stand getting Sarah Marshall, I'm not gonna lie. Oh, it's a great, um, great movie. <laughs> Call me crazy, but I'm a huge fan of this movie. Um, it's 10,000 BC. Um, it, I'd have to nominate it. I don't know. I love like these these ancient like like I don't know like action adventure movies. 10,000 BC is one of my saw it in theaters, and I absolutely loved it. And I rewatched it a lot growing up. Daniel's response to that was my favorite thing I've ever seen. <laughs> he just started blinking rapidly. Was like, what? <laughs> I've never seen this movie. I've never heard of it being a movie anyone should watch. So no, I'm not a fan I of like prehistoric life. movies though. Like even like I love Hammer movies, but they put out I think it's what is it called? One million years BC, and it is not a Hammer movie that I stand. <laughs> like caveman movies are not my jam. <laughs> uh, well, 10,000 BC is a pretty solid one. All right. All right. So I'm going with my first pick. Uh, my first pick is going to, I'm going to just change up the tone a little bit here. One of my favorite vampire movies of all time. Let the right one in. That's my, ne- that was my next pick that I said. Okay. All right. Awesome. Yeah. That's let the right one in. It's just like probably my favorite vampire movie right next to Fright Night. It's really, really hard because they're both so different. Uh, but the movie just affected me in such a profound way. And I love the ending. It's one of my favorite endings in any horror movies is let the right one in just a beautiful story. And uh, yeah, I love that movie. Oh man, God, this is tough. Cause let the right one in was my next pick. I've got a lot of honorable mentions. I can pick. though. I am a uh, God, this is tough. There are three superhero movies from this year that I'm a huge fan <laughs> of. Oh yeah. But I am, I am going to go with the introduction to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Iron Man. I do, to this day, I still love Iron Man. I do still think it's one of the best 
Marvel movies. Um, they they just you know there's so many movies these days that try to introduce cinematic universes and they do it badly. And Iron Man doesn't really introduce a universe until an end credit scene. It's just like we're gonna make a awesome great movie that everyone cannot possibly help but enjoy and and they just do it and they cast the best actor possible for the lead and they just did everything right and iron man is, is awesome it's my favorite of the entire mcu right like, on, a, like aside from the toby mcguire movies like we're not counting those just the actual mcu iron man the original iron man it doesn't get any better than that man so good chris you can <laughs> you calm okay, down <laughs> do you no, not like funny. iron man I do, but what the best of the MCU movies? Are you insane? It's not my favorite, but I <laughs> no, do but Mitch, are you insane? You, you <laughs> laugh at 10,000 BC and you say Iron Man's the best MCU movie? Shut Jesus. your mouth, yeah. dude. Dude, Iron, Iron Man is fucking phenomenal. And then I, I would put the Captain America movies, the Avengers, you know what I'm talking about. Whatever, let's move on. Okay, yeah, my second nominee, um, I personally like this movie a lot, Slumdog Millionaire, the movie that did get nominated. I love that movie. Um, and I, that's my second pick. Great I've movie. I've never seen Slumdog Millionaire. <gasps> it's, Danny I think, Boyle. So good. Yeah, and Daniel, I think you would actually really like Slumdog Millionaire. It's a it's a really good movie. It, it deserved to win. Uh, but I'm going to mm-hmm. give a dark horse mention to... Okay, so I don't know when I said the. Fu- oh yeah, Borat was the comedy event of the year. No, this is this is my. Uh, uh, sorry, the comedy event of the decade. This is what I would say is a close runner-up, and that is Ben Stiller's Tropic Thunder. Oh, there we go. I, I forgot it. this. Was I this knew movie. that movie would be brought up. Oh God. <laughs> were you were you not smart enough for Tropic Thunder? Oh, don't oh, <laughs> okay. move on, move on, move on. Tropic Thunder is fucking hilarious. And anyone who has issues with that movie's like morals and their its political stance did not understand that movie. That's exactly what that movie no. is doing. It is it is making fun of all of the bullshit that Hollywood does, and that's why it did it so well and oh god, it's so funny. Like I one of the last times I was watching Tropic Thunder, I got hella stoned and I needed to stop watching it because I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. Oh, see, I wasn't laughing, but I understood what I was trying to do. That's the only difference between you and I. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> difference? That and a couple inches below the belt. I'm the rare person that watched Trop- Tropic Thunder and was like, huh, that was pretty good. That was a good movie. I don't love it. I don't, I'm not offended by it, but it was pretty good. And that was kind of my extent of my reaction to Tropic Thunder. <laughs> love Tropic Thunder. It had, it had to be given a nom here. Right on. Okay, so I've got first elimination. Very easy choice. Even though I've never seen it, I don't give a shit to ever see it. 10,000 BC. I don't care about you. You're gone, <laughs> okay. man. Okay. You should just watch it. <laughs> just like a casual watch. It's it's pretty enjoyable for what it is. <laughs> okay, and that means Chris Rotato, you got the next choice. Fuck. Uh, Tropic Thunder has to go. It's a movie that gets championed a lot for being this meta movie. And I just, I get that it's meta, but it's like nothing I've ever been passionate about. And for someone who I, act, I, I actually enjoy Ben Stiller's works, I don't care for Ben Stiller in this movie. I really don't. Oh my God, he's so funny, man. The commercials at the beginning of the movie alone make, make it like, that's what shows he's a comedy genius. Eh, it doesn't work for me in that movie. And I like Ben Stiller. It doesn't work for me in that. All right, all right. It, it it is though. I will credit. It kind of is like a blueprint for Defy Bloods in a weird way, though. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Defy Bloods is obviously a better movie, 
Oh, one hundred percent. But it's but, weird that they're kind of similar in that. Weird well, Tropic way. Thunder is just a spoof of war movies. Exactly, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. And I, I think it's hilarious, and it's also a spoof of like what America is like willing to let pass, like with Forrest Gump and all that shit. They're yeah, making yeah. fun of all that stuff. Simple Jack is all beef on Forrest Gump. It's <laughs> yeah, hilarious. That's true. that's true. It's so funny. Um, I think is I don't right. I don't laugh at that movie though. I laugh at Tom Cruise being bald. If anything, yeah. See, give it a couple more years, just mature a little bit, and maybe you'll catch up. I'm Slumdog gonna... Millionaire is going. <laughs> okay. <gasps> You're and insane. I, you I like that. Ins- I, I like Slumdog Millionaire, but it's going because I actually You're only insane. remember one other movie that was nominated. <laughs> That's a good reason, man. <laughs> okay, so we have left Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Let the Right One In, and Iron Man. The person oh, who right, the next, make the I next elimination right. is me. Uh, I am going to eliminate my own pick of Iron Man, even though I'm a big fan of it. I would pick Forgetting Sarah Marshall and let the right one in over it. Damn. Guys, we're going to, we're going to vote between these two movies. This is pretty crazy. Let the right one in and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Wait, wait, before we vote, nobody vote. I have to ask Chris Hurtado, have you seen Let the Right One In? No, but I've seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall and I just forgot that he got nominated. I'd rather not eliminate that than Tropic Thunder. You must have been in me. Vad händer om jag inte gör det? Vad händer om du går in ändå? All right, let the right one in wins best picture in an unprecedented move because of a tie-breaking vote with Chris Hurtado, who's never seen the movie. Uh, I voted for for Forgetting Sarah Marshall just because it's a movie I've seen more than almost any other movie ever made. I adore it with all my heart. But Let the Right One In is is the right choice. It's a brilliant movie on every level. I, I love that movie, so... It's a good. I literally voted for it because it had a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I don't like Forgetting Sarah Marshall. So that's the only reason (laughs) I voted for it. The Dracula play in Forgetting Sarah Marshall is gold. I wish I could see the whole thing so bad. Like, give me that over the Snyder cut of Justice League. Honestly, I want to see the Dracula play with the Muppets. I love both movies, so this is a win-win for me, but I do think it's fucking hilarious that Chris chose a movie he hasn't seen. <laughs> I'm exposed on the internet. They're like, this kid hasn't seen shit. <laughs> no, that's not true. All right, let's close this off strong, boys. We're, or wait, wait, no, sorry. Honorable mentions, yeah. Can I go first, please? Yes, yeah. you can. Because 10,000 BC was number one on my list. I can't remember why I put it there, but I do like that movie. But um, I really wish I put in Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Um, I love that movie. Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist is amazing. Boy, Boy the Striped Pajamas, I think, has gotten better with age. The Wrestler, um, Dark Knight, and then Iron Man. The fact that you went 10,000 BC over all these movies. Uh, I'll go yeah. real quick through mine. I got three superhero movies I want to mention. Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy 2 is one of my favorite superhero movies. It's sad that it didn't get mentioned, but I love that movie. I do love Punisher Warzone. I think it is oh just my God, it's so camp good. to the greatest extent. It's so violent to an insane degree, and it's so much fun. It's hilarious. And- my love for the Dark Knight has decreased over time, but there was a time in my life where the Dark Knight was my favorite movie ever made. Yeah. That was a time in my life I, I said that was my favorite movie, and I still respect a lot about it. I do still like it. it it's just it doesn't mean the same to me now that it did at one time. Uh, another comedy I love, Role Models, with with Paul Rudd and mm-hmm. uh, who's the other guy in that movie? Uh, Sean. Uh, Sean. Sean. Something. Sean uh, Scott. Uh, bu- 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 the guy, fucking uh, Stifler. 
Sean yeah, William yeah. Scott. Sean anyway, William Scott. Yeah. Role Models is a blast. I love Role Models and the found footage horror movie that is unbelievably scary, Lake Mungo. Oh, wow. That I wasn't expecting you to go that way, but I'm happy you... I love that movie. Lake Mungo is great. It's not it even good. on my... I forgot that that was this year. Um, okay, so my honorable mentions are The Wrestler. I fucking love that movie. It was actually really mm -hmm. hard for me to vote Tropic Thunder over The Wrestler, uh, <laughs> but I did. Uh, the Strangers is one of my favorite modern horror movies. It terrifies me. It still works till this day. Hellboy 2 as well. I love both those Hellboy films. Uh, Cloverfield is the one that I thought you were oh, going with. Yeah. I thought Cloverfield was a blast. Uh, very different. A little nauseating, but it's it's a great movie. The Dark Knight, I'm right there with you, actually. I had considered The Dark Knight as my favorite of the trilogy for a while until the recent rewatch that I did where I realized I'm like, Batman Begins actually just has a part of me that uh, The Dark Knight never will. But like, I, yeah. I still love that movie. Uh, very, very underrated comedy. Very stoner, stupid ass comedy I that I note close. Strange Wilderness with uh, Steve Zahn. If you have never seen Strange Wilderness, it's a Happy Madison production. Jason Long gets his eyeballs tattooed on his uh, eyelids. It's hilarious. It's all about a uh, a nature channel. It's so funny, man. Strange Wilderness is fucking hilarious. I need to watch uh, this. It's so good. It's so dumb. And so Jonah Hill's in it when he's still <gasps> fat. It's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Jonah Hill. Uh, and who's the guy from Grandma's Boy? He's in that. Um, Steve Zahn. Just everyone from the Adam Sandler movies are in it. But it's fucking hilarious. Strange Wilderness rules. Uh, Step Brothers was one of the hardest I laughed in all of this decade. I know it's ridiculous, but loved it. Iron Man, and uh, that's it. Iron Man. Real quick, was my last one. real quick shout out for the day ones on this podcast. Um, the wrestler Marissa Tomei is nude in that movie. So, oh my god, out. man, Marissa Tomei is like <laughs> top, maybe my number one. Oh, <laughs> and the so podcast much. continues to yes. be horny. Swing, swing. Tentpole. She's a uh, So 2009. Uh, 2009 is notable to me because it is perhaps the biggest year of all time for horror movie remakes in that so many horror movie remakes got made in 2009. Probably none will be nominated, but I felt like it was important to note. But they might be in the honorable mentions. But they might be. They might be. Uh, so Catherine Bigelow's The Hurt Locker won Best Picture. We'll see what happens in our version. It is uh, Chris Hurtado's turn to go first. Oh, shit. I hate going first. Um, my number one nomination is going to be District 9 from uh, Neil Blomkamp. I fucking love that movie. It It, it is just... I love sci-fi. I'm a sucker for it, and that movie delivers all the goods. Mitch? Uh, I know this is an unpopular opinion. One of my favorite Quentin Tarantino films of all time, Inglorious Bastards. Why on earth would that be an unpopular opinion? Who are oh, you dude. hanging out with? Oh yeah. man, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm just living in the wrong place and that's why it's good that I'm getting out of here. But like, uh, <laughs> I honestly, like everyone that I know, like I don't know anyone who would agree with me that Inglorious Bastards is one of his best movies and it really is one of my all-time favorites. I I love it to no end and it's my favorite thing that Eli Roth has ever had anything to do with. I think he's amazing. <laughs> I, and I yes. like I like Cabin Fever and I actually have grown to like Hostel, but he, he is so good as the bear Jew. Uh, but Christoph Waltz, like that, that's the villain of the decade, like on honestly, right next to Heath Ledger. And it's its phenomenal. I, I love Inglorious Bastards. That's no, yeah, you picking Inglorious Bastards means I'm going into my backups because uh, yeah. that is a brilliant, 
brilliant movie. Real quick, um, before I saw Jackie Brown, that was my favorite Tarantino movie. Just shout out to last episode where yeah. we talk about Jackie Brown. That was my favorite before I saw that movie. Well, I'm happy you guys love it. I love that movie. Absolutely. Uh, so for my first pick, I, I have long said, and I would stand by this, this is my favorite horror movie of this decade. It is Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell. I absolutely adore Drag Me to Hell. It is one of the most fun times I can ever have watching a movie. Uh, Sam Raimi just knows he just he he just knows how to make you have fun. He just really does, and I love everything about this movie. Hell yeah, that was my second choice. So fuck, right I gotta on. go to my I gotta go to my backups now. So we had the same top two: Inglorious Bastards and Drag Me to Hell. Damn, yeah. just like 1994. <laughs> yep, <laughs> those are literally my first three movies I listed. So shout out to you boys on that one. Um. Shit. Um, <laughs> uh, my second pick, I'm going to have to put in there. All right. Call me crazy on this, but uh, I, I, I have to put it in. Um, it's Public Enemies by Michael Mann. It's actually one of my guilty pleasure Michael Mann movies with Johnny Depp. It has Christian Bale in it as well. I don't know. It, it's not a particularly great movie, but it's one of my personal like liked movies of his. It's not in a filmography that's pretty great. It's not strong, but it's a movie I have to talk about. I love that movie. Yeah. I need to give it another look because when I first saw it, like obviously we've already talked about, I'm a huge Michael Mann fan and mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. Christian Bale and Johnny Depp, but like that movie did nothing for me when it came out. I need See, to watch it again. I get that. I get that. But that movie is like my 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 Miami Vice kind of pick. You know, okay. it's like I like that movie a lot, but I get why people don't like it as much. Yeah. Cool. All right. So my last pick. Yeah, man. I gotta go deep into my honorable mentions here because District Nine was in there <laughs> after drag after Drag Me to Hell. Uh, but I'm going to go with a movie that's just getting its due now, and that is Jennifer's Body, the Megan Fox film. And uh, yes. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but even when it first came out, I wasn't in love with it. It's one of those movies that every year that has passed, I go back to it and I fall in love with it a little bit more. And I think it's a phenomenal movie. Uh, one of my favorite, like probably my favorite Diablo Cody movie. And mm-hmm. uh, I just thought, yeah, Megan Fox was born for that role. Everyone in that movie killed it, and it's just, it's such a fun time. And if you're listening and you haven't seen it since it came out or you never gave it a shot, please give Jennifer's Body a shot because that movie deserves all of the love it's been getting recently. I no, love absolutely. That absolutely. Yeah, I totally a, defend this movie. It's so much fun. I mean, like, yeah. it's just such a, it's such a well done succubus horror movie. It's exactly. kind of everything you want out of that little subgenre. It's, it's so self aware. It's so self aware, and it knows exactly what it's doing. It knows exactly what it's doing by casting Megan Fox as the main character, and I think she's amazing in it. And that's like the only time I'll ever say Megan Fox is amazing. She's just she was born for that role. Like she killed that role. Uh, so yeah, Jennifer's Body. That's my last pick. Yeah, I think Megan Fox, I really think she gets unnecessarily hated upon. And I think a lot of that is the fault of Michael Bay, who is a yep. director mm-hmm. that I am a fan of. But I admit that he is a douchebag mm-hmm. and he treated Mike, uh, Megan Fox terribly and turned a lot of people against her unfairly. And she mm-hmm. is great in Jennifer's body for sure. True. But imagine being a toxic ass dude like <laughs> Michael Bay and having to work with a 16 year old girl or se- she was like 17 in Transformers or whatever. Like. She was too young. Like, oh, he's such a piece of shit. But I, yeah. I, I'm a fan of him. But he is a piece oh, dude, of shit. Oh, he, dude, he is. That, he is that, <laughs> I don't give a fuck what anyone says. He has done some amazing movies. He absolutely has, dude. I, I was just on a review podcast singing the praises of Bad Boys because that movie rules. Oh, dude. Oh my god. I just think this is so fitting that for the final nomination of this episode, I am nominating the biggest movie of the decade. Got to give tribute to Jake Sully, saving uh, the Tree of Life avatar 
Oh my god. <laughs> Avatar is so entertaining. It's so well done. And I can I consider it is the last mainstream 80s slash 90s action movie ever made. It is truly an 80s, 90s action movie made on a big CGI scale, and it's the last time that ever happened. And yeah. I love it. As, mu as much as I know that I'm contradicting myself saying this, but I know a lot of fans of Aliens who hated Avatar. It's like there is a lot of Aliens in Avatar. Not 100%. to say, like, obviously Aliens is, in my opinion, a far superior movie. But if you love Aliens and you hate Avatar, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It just shows that you're going with the, the sheep. <laughs> well said dude well said <laughs> avatar is such a weird one it, it's a movie i don't like because it takes so much of james cameron's time and attention i wish he made something else besides focusing on those oh dude well you must be crushed to know that that's all he's doing for the rest of his life you know and i hate that's why <laughs> i always I forget say, about him. i will be first in line for avatar 2 absolutely watch that movie i'm so excited See, i love james cameron's filmography but then i think about avatar and i always forget about him after that that's a thing it See, hurts that's usually me with titanic sauce so sauce. because <laughs> at least you get nudity in titanic yeah but you get blue okay let's let's vote yeah, yeah. all right chris you've got the first illumination oh god um oh god uh avatar is that not the one that you were just shitting on yeah it has to be avatar um i'll think of another movie but avatar has to go um it's a movie i don't hate but it's a movie i don't really even like if that makes sense I'm I'm with you on that actually, yeah. and that's I'm, the problem though. Is I saw it four times in theaters, so it's yeah. I shot I myself saw in the foot. 3D in theaters too, and I remember thinking it's fine, and I also remember thinking, um, man, I don't I, I don't care for this at all, and I don't I'm not one of those guys who's like it's Dancing with Wolves with blue people. I'm not one of those guys. I just don't think it's that great. Yeah, fair. All uh, right, Mitch, who's next? You got the next elimination. Oh, public enemies. I'm sorry, uh, but I need to give it another look. No, there's some no. heavy, there's some very heavy hitters this year. I've, I just realized it's going to just only get harder each episode. Yeah. You should, um, Next real quick, it's going to be brutal. Real quick, yeah. though, you guys should watch. If you haven't seen Public Enemies, you should watch it, but watch the bonus features because Michael Mann made this as a passion project movie. He was, oh, I know that. Yeah, he it's was a Dillinger movie. Love with Dillinger. Yeah. Yep. And Johnny Dillinger. Depp does it. Great. So for my elimination, very easy choice. Uh, I am eliminating District 9. Uh -huh. It is a movie that absolutely knocked me on my ass when I saw uh -huh. it back in the day. I thought it was so great. I have never had even slight inclination to rewatch it. Like, oh. I really have no interest in watching it again. But watching it once, it was a really good movie. But Daniel, I think these other three are better. Daniel knows I'm such a champion of Neil Blomkamp. But, like, I get it, I guess. I mean, I think that movie's terrific. I'm going to be honest, that's the only one of his movies that I've really liked, but I liked it oh. so much. Like, I, I wasn't a fan of Elysium or what oh. was it? What was yeah. it? Okay. What was the other one? Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. I have to pick this? Uh, no, it's a random generator. Let's see who the who the person is. It is Chris Hurtado. <sighs> Glorious Bastards, Drag Me to Hell or Jennifer's Body? Uh, Jennifer's Body, because I yeah. love those for other two movies way more. Jennifer's Body is a movie choice. I like, and I don't get the hate on, but I don't love it either. Right, All right, boys, let's vote between Inglorious Bastards and Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> finding people is my specialty, so naturally I worked for the Nazis finding people, and yes, some of them were Jews, but Jew Hunter? <laughs> Just a name that stuck. Well, you do have to admit, it is catchy.
And with two people voting for Inglorious Bastards and Chris being the one dissenting vote for Drag Me to Hell, Inglorious Bastards wins Best Picture for 2009. We did it. We Guys, we covered the entire decade in about four hours. Fine. Now, let's quickly ramble. Let's ramble off our quick honorable mentions because I'm going to have to I'm going to have to edit this down to at least three hours somehow. <laughs> honorable mentions for me. District nine. Crazy heart. Uh, fantastic. Mr. Fox and the Australian horror film. The loved ones. Oh, the loved ones. I forgot to put that on my list, but absolutely. Absolutely. Chris. Crazy movie. What are your honorable mentions? Oh, OK. Um, Antichrist. Dogtooth. Summer Wars, Halloween 2, Coraline, and The Haunted World of El Super Bisto by Rob Zombie. Uh, so the only ones that haven't been mentioned yet. Orphan, fantastic, fun, Dark Castle horror movie. I Love You, Man, really fun comedy with Paul Rudd. And Up in the Air, great Jason Reitman movie. Yeah, solid. Awesome, boys. Well, this was a ton of fun. And uh, we'll be back next month to talk about the 2010s. Uh, but I think let's quickly say this. Let's talk about 2010 to 2020. Let's just even it out, get the last year out of the way. I know we've been doing nine years each time. Uh, let's do the t- 10 for the next episode. Are you guys down for that? I, I am down for that. Let me real quick just just run through all of our winners for this episode. 2000, Unbreakable. 2001, The Royal Tenenbaums. 2002, 28 Days Later. Still, that's great. That's fantastic. Uh, 2003, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. 2004, Spider-Man 2, 2005, The History of Violence, 2006, Pan's Labyrinth, 2007, There Will Be Blood, 2008, Let the Right One In, and 2009, Inglorious Bastards. So another Mitch Oliver sweep. <laughs> hey, I got the first couple at least. So that, that's yeah. good. I got and, one in like last decade. And that's what's funny too is that you guys got on. You guys got in all the ones. I was like, damn, I wanted that one, and then I ended up winning. <laughs> so I'm I'm very happy with this episode. I hope you guys had fun. Hope everyone enjoys listening to this. And uh, where can everyone follow? So we're gonna be going. You, if you want to listen to the last episode for some reason you haven't listened to it yet, you can listen to it where. Uh, you can listen to the 1990s episode on Cobwebs, a Gothic Cinema podcast. You can find that on all the podcast apps. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cobwebs Pod. And you can follow me personally if you want to on Twitter at Epler Daniel. Chris? Yeah, the next decade's going to be on Inside the Sequel for whatever God knows reason because it's such a small podcast. But um, we talk about sequel movies. You can follow it on at Inside Sequel. You can follow me personally if you want to like check out cringy tweets at Hurtastic underscore Chris. I also have a YouTube channel at Hurtastic Reviews where I get drunk and just rant about the Blu-ray collecting community. And you can follow me there. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, you guys, seriously, though, all bullshit aside, I have a whole lot of respect for both of you guys. And this has been so much fun to do this. I love both of you guys and both of your online presence. Uh, I love both of you guys' podcasts. And I'm so happy that we could do this. And I can't wait for uh, part three. Absolutely, dude. Yes. And real quick for those, because this is on the terror table, if you want to hear more of Boozy's thoughts, he's going to be on Inside the Sequel next week where we talk about um, a dinosaur movie. So check that out. Hell yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll see you guys uh, next time on the terror table, but also next time on Inside the Sequel. Good night, everyone. I mean, good morning or whatever. (laughs)